0: Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time.
1: It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace.
2: From the padded cells of Smith's Grove Sanitarium to the leafy streets of Haddonfield, Illinois, we are halloween One fight
0: causes another one. One life touches another one. One fight causes another one. Greetings and welcome yet again to Halloweenies, a horror franchise podcast. Gang, we are back in Haddonfield for what you could call our semi-annual ranking of the Halloween movies. But before we get into how this episode is going to unfold, as we give you our personal rankings as well as the definitive, and I say definitive twice, Halloweenies overall ranking. Let's head around real quick. Go from left to right here, at least from my Zoom around the pumpkin par- carving station and introduce ourselves let's start with this person here i'm surprised everybody who i'm gonna call on is wearing uh, i believe halloweeny's apparel who is oh, that
2: yes this is uh michael myers the rothman uh i was gonna say michael the shape rothman so i added the the to the rothman that's for even no reason. better now though i'm gonna make a note of this michael <laughs> yeah, myers yeah, the rothman yeah okay, absolutely good, makes good. no sense but uh very excited to rank this franchise again um, it's like carving a pumpkin. It's like when you have a pumpkin that's sitting there already, um, that's already carved out, it's kind of wilted, and you get a new pumpkin to carve. And that's what we're going to be doing tonight. Well, because so this is
0: the third time we've ranked these movies, and you've carved nine pumpkins this season. <laughs> is that correct? Yes,
2: I have. Well, I'm up to, yeah, I'll be nine. Yeah, nine last night, actually. Yep. How about, how that's, about
0: that? That's, I think that's nine more than I have. Mm. Matter of fact. When was so the last time you, you carved a pumpkin? Me. Oh, probably 19. Eighty nine, maybe nineteen ninety, hmm. something like that, maybe around that time. I had other stuff to do, like read or you know, go play baseball or we something just like that. Like
2: Henry Jones <laughs> Senior. Uh, on the uh, I would for make Halloween I would year. make Mac um,
0: learn um, say uh, sing Happy Halloween in in uh, Latin or something like that. Uh. <laughs> That's the Last Crusade joke for all you Indiana Jones fans out there. Speaking of Mac, whom I would force to sing the song Halloween in Latin, whatever that song is. <laughs> Introduce yourself.
3: This is Wolf Munningham, Mac Gerber. Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> and, what was the question?
0: There was no question. All you do is oh, introduce well, yourself, <laughs> so we're off to a great
3: start. <laughs> Sorry, Rothman talked for so long. I thought he answered a question. You uh, know? He's he's the uh, Rothman. From ultimately, now on, by the way. I have I've yet to carve a pumpkin uh, this this Halloween, but I absolutely plan to. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do, but right now. Mr. Corey Cunningham might make the cut.
2: (laughs) Just a cast photo of him?
3: (laughs) uh, This this is headshot.
0: (laughs) Now that we're in the middle of introductions, I should also say, my name is um, Justin Gerber. Okay, moving on to our next introduction here. Let's uh, fly on down south. He says he lives in Chicago. (laughs) Check his license. (laughs) Who is that?
2: Really says Chicago.
4: (laughs) This is the intolerable Mikey V. Uh, Which is a reference to a recent iTunes review Mm -hmm. that the Halloweenies (laughs) podcast got. I love those.
0: I will Uh, say, Mike, the intolerable Mikey V is one of my favorite new Netflix series.
4: No, it was uh, it was that show with John Cryer and uh, the guy from The Godfather. Mm.
0: Well, you know, I always I always said you were like the fabulous Teddy Z. It was the fabulous (laughs) Mikey V. That's another old '80s reference TV show for you folks out there.
4: That's what I was going with. That's John Cryer. Yeah, he's great. He's oh, great. okay. I wasn't sure. I'm sorry. I should have. Been. You know, I carved a really good pumpkin once in Joliet, which is not in Chicago, but <laughs> there I got a good picture of it. Like it was kind of scary. It was well done. I was proud of that pumpkin.
0: I feel like at one point we debated where exactly we think Haddonfield would be in, in Illinois. I think somebody might have actually mentioned somewhere in Joliet. Seems about I, right. It,
4: I, it, I think, and I think we can discuss this a little Straight bit later on the show. But each film, you know, having grown up around here has a very distinct feel of a part of Illinois. There's actually an NPR uh, piece that came out about that earlier this year. Um, Mm. But yes, uh, Joliet, I could see has uh, Haddonfield vibes, uh, but I always felt like, you know, in some of the movies, it felt like it was much further south.
0: Well, I get the vibe from when I'm watching these movies of like California, Colorado, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. I get these vibes. Well, that's weird because vibes. you don't know
4: how to suspend your disbelief. That's
0: Justin. what it is. Those leaves and mountains, those beautiful mountainside. That could be a uh, really big hill. Did you Chicago. ever think about
4: that? Like all those people talking about the mountain in that first movie. That could just be like a really big hill. Look, what about I, the California
2: look, plates that are on the BMW? Is that a. <laughs> yeah, they're they're on va- well, some people, times people
4: move. Yeah, that's true. And they never change the plates.
0: That's true. And you know this is true? We've got a, one last halloween on this episode. And who is that from across the pond over in New York City? This is Daniel Roebuck Caffrey. Who? Uh,
2: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Don't, I've got a, a big
1: dose I, of him this week. Uh, but hey, I, I'll, I'll have some words about him that may be surprising. Uh, that's all I'll say. For I love Daniel Roebuck
0: in Nash Bridges River's and Edge. The Fugitive. And, and he's, he's a wonderful character in The River's Edge, one of our favorites. Yeah, I do, I actually do like him as an actor quite a bit. What were we answering? If we, when was the last time we covered a pumpkin? No, there's actually no question. There's no question. <laughs> I <just> fucked it <laughs> all up. <Just> <laughs> <yourself>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here's what we're going to do. And this is very exciting because I asked the, the boys, the gang, to submit their personal Halloween movie rankings to me directly so nobody on this episode knows how the other feels about the movies. Well, I mean, we more or less know how we feel about the movies, but we don't know each other's rankings, which I think makes for very exciting podcasting, not only for the listeners, but <laughs> for the people who have to do this 12 hours a month. It actually <laughs> changes things up a little bit. 12. So oh, my, generously 12, at least for the Halloweenies podcast, for God's sakes. Uh, so here's how we're going to do it. We're each going to go In order. So, for instance, we're going to go, we're doing this in alphabetical order, more or less. So, it's going to go Dan, me, my brother Mac, my brother Rothman, and my brother Vanderbilt. And (laughs) it's so we're going to each go, for instance, we'll give our 13th of the 13 movies. And then once we've all said the 13, we will then say our 12th favorite. Once we've all said our 12th favorite, we'll go on. We will not stop to discuss the movie. Until we have all mentioned the movie. So, for instance, for the movie Halloween from 1978. We will not discuss it until all five of us have mentioned it in our rankings. Spoiler alert. It'll be a while. Some very exciting statistics for you. The only shared ranking. I'll just say this. I don't want to spoil it too much. There's only one shared ranking. Everybody wow. else has a... Everybody else has somebody that has a different ranking. You'll understand what I'm saying as we go along. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's statistics, folks. It's a lot of fun. And at the very end, I will then give the official ranking in terms of our overall averages, basically, from, from worst to best, with some fun surprises along the way. So everybody, grab some popcorn. Get your candy corn. Get those little pumpkin candy corns.
2: I got some candy corn.
0: Mike, you got some candy corn? He does. Yeah, right Mike, has got some
1: candy corn. I wish I had some. I don't have anything with me, man. I don't even have a fucking glass of water.
0: I actually do okay. have a no sponsors, but uh, I'll let everybody see what this is. Oh, well, payday. You know what? Okay, last well. I we got a fucking Harold I Potter over a, there. Uh, I went to get a fast break last night, and they had chocolate patties at the gas station, so I got one of those instead. They're great. No, well, well, they really I had good. to. Yeah, they're great. Very good. I was up late last night watching some fast breaks as the Phoenix Suns defeated the Los Angeles Clippers <laughs> by 17 points. <laughs> Fuck the Clippers. <laughs> great transition time. It's time to do the rankings. I don't know what music cue we're going to put in there. No, we are probably. Along. It's
2: probably going to be the Silver Shamrock theme. I'll, I'll tell May to, to put the uh, Silver Shamrock. I thought Shamrock it was going to be like the
0: Phoenix Suns theme. <laughs> oh, you can no, do uh, that too. Round That'd ball, round
1: ball rock uh,
0: from John. Let's Tesh. Let's do it. Let's let John Tesh come after us. Didn't
1: we do that? At, or was that Losers Club? We had we the did John Losers Tesh Club music. on
2: point for this sports breakdown, and then I think we got in trouble. But
1: let reach out. We
2: did in trouble. Well, let's no, let's reach out to Tesh
3: himself and see if we can get a hold of some of those rights. Well, if we haven't lost you at the,
0: folks, if we haven't lost you at the eight minute mark, let's see if we can lose you at the nine minute mark let's begin these rankings so like i said dan just give the name do not start talking about the movie at all we gotta move this thing along right. we got a lot of fucking things to go through here so dan of the number 13 thir- of the 13 halloween films this is including season of the witch rob mm-hmm. zombie movies david gordon green movies Drankus, the whole deal what is number 13 on your list number 13 and an unlucky 13 indeed halloween resurrection Halloween Resurrection, starring Buster Rhymes. I'm next. Number 13 on my list is also Halloween Resurrection, directed by Rick Rosenthal, who will be mentioned later on in this episode. Mac, who my do you have at number 13?
3: Is uh, Halloween Lives Again? That's right. It's Halloween Resurrection.
0: Halloween Resurrection, directed by Rick Rosenthal. I told you we'd say his name twice. And... <laughs> Mike. Never again. (laughs) Never again. Mike Rothman, what is your least favorite Halloween film?
2: John Carpenter's Halloween. No, I'm saying Halloween Resurrection, of course.
0: (laughs) Halloween Resurrection, starring uh, Sean Patrick Thomas? Yeah. And Thomas Ian Nichols.
2: And Bianca Kajlik.
0: We're going to go with the pronunciation. Vanderbilt, what is your 13th film in your rankings for the Halloween movies?
4: Halloween 5. Their Revenge wow. of the Wow. There's a twist. A Damn. twist not
0: seen since Halloween ends with Corey Cunningham. Okay, <laughs> so we've all mentioned our, our least favorite. Dan Caffrey, what is your number 12 in your rankings? Number 12 is Halloween 2007, of course. And that would be Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yep. Starring Scout Taylor Compton. A lot of people with three names in this franchise. You realize that? Jamie Lee Hollywood. Curtis... Yeah, okay. Tommy Lee Wallace. Tommy Lee Wallace.
2: That's true, yeah.
0: Okay, for me, Halloween Kills. Mac, number 12.
3: Number 12 for me, Evil Dies Tonight, Halloween Kills.
2: Mm. Mike
0: Rothman, number 12.
2: Well, give me old Huckleberry, Halloween
0: Kills. (laughs) Mm. Mike Vanderbilt.
2: Coming in at number 12 is Rob
4: Zombie's Halloween.
0: Mm. Okay, so... So far, we've got four for Resurrection, we've got one for Revenge, two for Rob Zombie's Halloween, and three for Halloween Kills. So we got a little ways to go here. Dan Caffrey, number 11 on your list. Halloween Kills. Spence was killing us for a second there. Halloween Kills. (laughs) I wanted to make it dramatic, sorry. It was very dramatic. And now for me, number 11, Dracula himself, 2007's Halloween directed by Rob Zombie. Mackenzie Gerber, number 11 for you.
3: Number 11 for me
0: is Halloween 5. Mike Rothman, number 11. Halloween
2: 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers.
0: Mm. Mike Vanderbilt, number 11.
2: Dominate
4: number 11. Mm-hmm. Halle Green, 2018's Halloween.
0: Oh, Ooh, Okay, so we've gone through three, and we have still... Wow, we have not mentioned... Everybody's not mentioned a movie once yet. That's pretty incredible. Is, One is person. This as far as
1: we've as we've gone
0: from I don't the bottom? Know. I don't know. so obviously, you know what? I'm sure if people go listen to our previous episode, all the previous two, I'm sure our rankings are different. You know, these things are in flux. Like well, the life. Yeah, of I was going to say, people who's hot? Are,
2: hot take Hawkins over here has been waiting forever to put "Fucking Resurrection" on his list. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll I see if say, it's coming up anytime soon. Who
0: knows? You
3: know, for the folks that think we're all the same person, this is extremely varied. I would agree. Yeah, I
1: would agree. Yeah. yeah. And, and we and go near
0: the end, I'll that way.
1: We should ask people to don't, you know, some people might go back and re-listen and you know, don't do the thing where like, well, you said last year this or that. Like, like I said, things change. Opinions um, change. Yeah, we, uh, my opinion change every year. Yeah. <laughs> my Wildly listing changed.
4: My listing changed from the time I messaged Justin yesterday to messaging him again today.
0: Well, same Damn. with Dan young Dan Caffrey, the same thing yep. has, has changed too. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna move on. Congratulations to the following movies. You've made our top ten. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dan, what is number 10 for you? Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Still, no? Let's talk about it, because also number <laughs> 10 for me is, if you watch the movie, it's just called Halloween 5. But it's Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. I would you so, ever want to
2: watch that movie? That's I a great point. I this is, this is the first
0: one. I cannot this, fucking believe this. I know. Happened. Well, here's the thing, yeah. Mike. Jesus. Here's the thing. This movie, to me, I still think it's quite bad. However, it's the ultimate movie that I always forget why I don't like it so much until I put it on. I've seen this movie at least five times over like the last decade. And I don't – it's an easy watch, first of all. It's pretty short. And I always remember the creepy parts, you know, that part where he's kind of chasing her through the the house into the basement with the the shadows.
3: The 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 woods.
0: In the afternoon. And then the woods seems pretty good. But I always forget everything in between. You know, I I always do, and I'll make the same mistake because I promise you. Before this month is out, I will watch it briefly. I mean, who else had this pretty, pretty low? I guess it would be Vanderbilt. You had this as dead last, so why is this dead last to you? What's going on? You know,
4: in in, in sitting and thinking about this, like I, despite the late '80s being, I could pinpoint the time when I really got into horror movies. Mm -hmm. Relatively big budget. I'm saying relatively, like theatrical horror during this era is just rough around the edges even something like the dream child you know but like jason takes manhattan the new blood it the there's no aesthetic the films are ugly this is like the ugly part of the 80s right mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the first half of the 80s is pretty cool like men's style women's style like the vibe the music everything at this point in the 80s feels like it turns into music and yeah. i think the horror films suffer from the same problem and this is just an ugly dour boring film although like I will say about 80 to 90% of the films on this list, a great ending.
0: It's a memorable ending for sure. And we'll definitely be discussing that ending later on as well. Now, Mike Rothman, you had this, you and Mac both had this at number 11. Couldn't even crack the top 10. Um, What is this? What is it? I know you're watching it today. As a matter of fact, but what is it about this movie that bugs (laughs) you so much, Mike?
2: I mean, it's really where all the problems start. I mean, if you Mm -hmm. think about, I mean, honestly, bringing back Michael Myers in 1988 for return of Michael Myers is, you know, had a big return. There's a lot of hope and anticipation what was going to happen with that ending, and then they kind of just sidetrack. You know, just absolutely sideswipe it for not a lot of anything. I mean, obviously, it's been documented about how the director just kind of threw everything at the wall, spaghetti wise, and it just shows in the movie. I mean, literally everything's undercut by something. Like even the the best scene of the movie, which is Rachel Carruthers. It's undercut by the fact that you have clown music playing over the fucking Keystone cops. Like I I mean, it's ridiculous. And so then (laughs) you think about like the like Loomis has lost his mind. The Myers house doesn't even look like the Myers house anymore. So we're beyond recognition at that point. The haunted mansion. You get the man in black who comes out and does nothing for no reason. And you're the whole time you're like, what is going on? And Daniel Farrens had to make sense of it for Chris and Michael Myers. So it's like it really is this like the first the real beginning of this franchise just falling off the rails, which I'm sure most people at the time would have said, oh, season of the witch was that, but really like it's, this is, this is it when you go, oh God. And a lot of it is exactly what Vanderbilt was saying. It's like, it's that I always describe it as like, it's like the 6am of the party where everyone's kind of left and you're left with just a bunch of assholes that, and you're still, and that are still trying to keep the party going, but it's an ugly scene. And that's why it's a good key word there
0: is that this movie does feature a scene in which people are leaving a party. Yes. And only the assholes are left behind. (laughs) It feels a lot
2: like the eighties at that point for sure. Yeah. Mac,
0: real quick here. Also, do you think this movie, if it wasn't, because this was a rush job, this came out, I believe, less than a year after part four came out and that was a success. Do you think yeah. if they had waited just one more year to kind of iron out the the rough edges that this could have been a better movie or was it doomed from the start?
3: It's difficult. Um, the problem with this film is I feel like they should have waited not just a year but maybe five years. Um, time jump it and double down and do what they were trying to do in this new movie with Corey Cunningham and make Jamie Lloyd the next Michael. Hmm. Because then, you know, it it becomes the Doctor Who, right? It's like, then you can always pass it on and it makes sense. And we're following, we're we're doubling down. We're following what we, we set out there. So to totally immediately backtrack on that idea in the following film, just, is a mess. And I think that's the key word is that the film's a mess it, but it's a watchable mess in the sense that, like you said, Justin, I always forget. I come back, I watch it and I'm like, eh. but uh, for me, it co- clocks in an 11 because I feel like Halloween kills and resurrection are just movies that I just simply oh, yeah. we'll ta- we'll talk will about not this. watch again. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But we'll those talk about are why, this. that's why they were lower than this one. This is one I would probably return to, but dead last for me.
0: <laughs> and, and right now, but not dead last overall. You're saying,
3: no, it's it's yeah. eleven. As, yeah, in terms of the movies that I would watch again, it's okay.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dan, you you had this with me at number ten. Also, I mean, you're you know, you are the big mm, the shape fan, the big one of this of the people on this pod. So, what is it about this movie that has it still like? It? It's just maybe it's just cracking number ten for you. Well, I should
1: say too. To be honest, outside of Resurrection, I think all the Halloween films have something to recommend. So for me, that's like the only dregs ranking for me is Resurrection. Once we get past that, I'm like, oh, I'd watch the rest of these any day of the year. Um, I think it's what you said there is a lot of silliness, although I maintain with the Keystone cops, if you took out the music, those cop scenes wouldn't be that bad, which makes it even more frustrating. You're like, why is this? Oh, here? exactly. Yeah. I agree. It, I agree. Like I, I want someone to do that in a, well, I don't know if you, I guess you can't, cause it's, you can't take out music over dialogue, but even that their house, like they're, they're being pretty normal. It's just that silliness in it. Um, I think this film, it's tough because it has three or four really good lengthy sequences. It's not just like, oh, okay, there's some moments here and there. It's the, chase through the woods. The, I think the barn kill is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Rachel getting stalked. I don't love the way she gets killed, obviously, but I think the sequence itself is pretty terrifying. Yeah. Loomis fighting the shape at the end, the laundry shoe. I mean, I mean that that's the, these are like the big set pieces of the movie. And I think the movie gets these isolated things, right? The story's a mess. The acting is kind of egregious here and there, or maybe it's just the way the characters are written. But I think it's, it's almost rare for a movie this bad to have so many, big centerpieces in it that, that work as well as they do. I think that's why it's always stayed up in rankings for me.
0: Uh, well, I will say the director, Dominique Othin and girard also, wait, co-directed, I think he left during the production, uh, Omen for the Awakening, which I have to tell you was not awful.
4: It's better than it needs to be. I is agree. that the Sam Neill
0: one? No, that's, no. this is like the made-for-Fox one. I, was, I, I watched it over I the weekend. That. I was shockingly surprised about how not it, awful it was. It,
4: what's great about that movie is I don't know if there's several things that are great about that movie. But one of my favorite things is that whoever does the score, I'm not sure if they're being deadly serious or I think agree. they're making a comedy. And it, it
0: the score is wild. Listen, we got to move on. We got to move on. I just want to go on a positive note for Dr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the Omen 4. <laughs> okay. Mac, what do you have at number 10?
3: Uh, my number 10? is Halloween
0: motherfuckers zombie style. You know what that means, Mike and what's number 10 for you?
2: Halloween 2007 Rob Zombie. Oh,
0: talk about it. what, what do you, why do you have it number 10?
2: I mean <laughs> <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, yeah moving I mean on. go go listen to the episode. <laughs> nice. I, I get pretty vitriolic in it. I yeah. mean, it's just it it's just such an ugly both of them are ugly movies and I know that the the, the kind of discourse has turned around for two and certainly we're part of that. But I just, I don't know, like, like, Sammy last night was like, why don't we put on one of the zombie ones? And I just, I kind of like, it felt like, a, like I got a headache. You know, like, I, my whole body just kind of, like, fell down. I was just like, um, mm. yeah, all right. And so we put it on, and then, of course, the night ended, and we just went to bed, and, and that was that. And that's that just, ringing through your head? Yeah, your night. it's just a miserable <laughs> movie to watch. And it's just like, yeah. and also, by the way, the fucking ending just goes on forever. Like the, the, it's like the movie has like four different endings, and they're all twenty minutes long. And I watching it last night, I just couldn't believe that it was still going on when when it does. And it's just like, God damn it! You could have ended that movie twenty five minutes earlier, and it probably would have been somewhat more effective. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's just kind of a mess. This movies they
1: go a mess. in and out of the Myers house at the end yeah. like five times. Yeah, it's <laughs> ridiculous. In and out.
0: Yeah. Vanderbilt, you've got this even lower. You've got this as your second least favorite. So why Solo for you?
4: I <clears throat> I don't like using the term uh, unnecessary when describing a movie, particularly because I hear a lot of people say that about Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh, I just which said so low
0: as a matter of fact. Yeah, I know. So I was
4: that was good. I wasn't going to draw attention to it, but thank you. Um, I, I don't like using the term unnecessary because. Uh, I think, I just think it's a stupid term to use when you're talking about movies. But I I think remaking Halloween is kind of unnecessary because I think Rob Zombie could have, who I do respect as an auteur, if he wanted to do something, he could have just, you know, kind of did what David Gordon Green did. And maybe this is before it was in vogue, I suppose, just ignored the sequels and just did his own spin on Halloween while doing it in the world. That was pre existing from nineteen seventy eight. Mike said it was ugly, which I agree with, but I'll take ugly with style over like that dour flatness of something like Halloween five, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Yeah.
2: Fair I mean, enough. That's fair, fair, enough. fair. That's fair.
0: Mac, what about you? You saw this in theaters, didn't you? I'm sure. Uh <laughs> this is the first did, movie see, this think, is
2: the this is the first movie I saw with you guys in Chicago. wow we okay. we, were, uh, we did uh, <laughs> we did a show, right? We did yeah. um splinter crosses. crosses, yeah. Oh, first movie we went yeah. afterwards.
4: First movie I saw when I moved into my second apartment. I, I got my stuff in that day, and there was nothing else going on, so I went to see Halloween that night.
3: That's so. I think Justin go.
1: saw it when he had sex for the first time too, right? All of the, like, <laughs> 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 No, that, no, just, no, that, that was, was Chris of Michael Myers. Uh, you got to throw this baby uh, on the background oh. when you're
2: getting it on. <laughs> Uh, Can you
3: imagine? Uh, no, uh, zombies Halloween. It's just like you were saying. It's just it's a miserable time, a bunch of miserable people being miserable. There's no. I feel like there's no likable characters. You're not rooting for anybody. No. You want everybody to die, but you're not rooting for Michael because Michael's. You just don't really care. I don't know. It's it's a mess of a flick. I don't like that it becomes a, 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 a complete remake in the last like 30 minutes. I think that's if it had just tried to do its own thing completely, maybe it would be moved up the list a little bit for me, but. You know, it, it just doesn't work. And I don't know. I don't think that if he had tried to do it, uh, keep it in the universe of the original, I don't think he's capable of doing that. <laughs> well, it would make I sense it if he gets the, the same movie, but.
0: He did not to want to, to remake any of it. He wanted to do, he wanted to do his own thing. And I think it's a right, common right. theme with these auteur filmmakers and the Halloween franchise, which I'm sure we'll be discussing later on in the episode. Yeah. Dan, you had this fairly low as well. I think you had number 12. Why, why do you have it so low?
1: Yeah, it's what you all said. You can just feel zombie wanting to do his own thing, which gets frustrating. I mean, I guess I like the, I weirdly like the first half a little bit more than this. It's not the first. It's like the first two thirds, and then what I think is frustrating too is you get this kind of breakneck sped up version of the yeah. old movie, and um, I think there's some creepy shots in it, like where Michael's following Laurie home. Yeah. And you see him kind of, the silhouetted in the camera, and then he keeps like disappearing. I mean, you can see some artistry on display here, but like I think I agree with what you all said about the. Nastiness. I mean, we'll get to the second film later. The second film at least opens with some kind of mood setting with some mystery. The first, I'm not joking. <laughs> I think you hear the the Kiss got a Thunder song, which is kind of cool. But then immediately you go to the kitchen, and it's Wayne Force. I think you fucking bitch. Yep. Of fucking shit. I mean, like yep. not exactly. We I know we always make fun <laughs> of how much zombie swears and whatnot. But, but I mean, really, watch this movie. That's why there's this kind of like satirical tone surrounding him all the time. Like you watch that kitchen scene. And these, are, I actually think they're both good actors. I don't think Sherry yeah. Moon is a bad actor. I don't, and William Forsythe certainly isn't a bad actor. But it is just like bitch, he's got a nice little dumper. Fuck you, fuck you, shit. I mean, it, it is, it's ridiculous. Well, this is, this, this okay. movie is,
3: this movie is for like the, the person that is drunk and falls asleep, and then they like wake up in that scene. the key in, <laughs> and they kind
0: of like go like, yeah. <laughs> I think William Forsythe, guys. I think William Forsythe is a good actor. I don't think that Sherry Moon zombie can rise above the material. I think that's the big issue. For her, at least.
2: I think she's, I think she's good in the right thing. I, yeah,
1: I,
0: I agree. That. I think but, she's um, good in Lords yeah. of
2: Salem, but I, I think, yeah. Yeah. I think also another issue is. You don't have a Deborah Hill, and that's the big issue that you have with a lot of these movies. Is that you know everyone tries to do, De- do Deborah Hill. Even Halloween Five tries to do Deborah Hill, and most of the time it's just people talking over each other. And like that's what happens here. Like I was watching it last night, and every t- sort of interaction, even the more quote unquote innocent interactions, which is supposed to do with the you know the, the more pure characters, and it's just everyone either taunting each other, talking over each other, really being loud and obnoxious, or then just like like kind of like. Oh, you, you, uh, ah! like there's no real dialogue it's just it's like everyone talking like julie bowen and happy gilmore like it's just like and it, it becomes frustrating after a while like even with like her or their parents it's just like laurie and her and, and Dee wallace and it should be like this innocent scene it's just like talking nonsense it's just absolute nonsense and it's like you know, they think that's real, what the deborah ho thing was and it's like real no, quick not. to
4: the kind of people that are in Rob Zombie movies and how i was discussing how each Haddonfield field feels a little bit different uh i think with this movie and it's some regional humor for you southsiders out there I think Rob Zombie really captures the vibe of Alsip, which is the suburb right next door to me. That's just well, the kind of people I,
0: that I'm, I'm happy there. that Alsip exists. I hope the people there are well. I hope I never see them on this big screen again.
2: Well the irony is that, that it's, <sighs> this is the only one that was filmed in Pasadena since two. <laughs> <laughs> or three, I mean.
0: I Congratulations like to Pasadena, like the way California. Edfield.
2: I like the way
1: Hanfield looks in both of his. movies. Well, you but, can talk uh, about that
0: yeah. in a minute. Speaking of talking <laughs> over each other, this is like our fucking Halloweenies podcast. Fuck
1: you, bit. I remember Robin written written by by Rob Zombie parody scene that was like you little fuck muffin or something. I, I feel like you wrote like a, a spoof scene of zombies Halloween
2: somewhere. Yeah. In the past. Somebody in the past. did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Vanderbilt, what is your number ten? Halloween resurrection. Finally, for God's sake. So why do you have this at number 10 and not number 13? I can't believe it. I can't believe it.
4: (laughs) I'm going to tell you why, because I finally watched it today. I don't think I'd ever and having watched it, today, I don't think I'd ever actually sat down and watched this fucking movie. I kind of just based it on its reputation and the parts that I saw on AMC Fear Fest, which it would come on usually before uh, five and four and three. They would run them in reverse order uh you know i think nostalgia kind of peppers a lot of our uh favorite horror movies and i think nostalgia is a big reason why a lot of people like halloween four and five so much why five kind of does sit high for a lot of people and i kind of have a certain nostalgia now that i'm 42 for that early like early 2000s era of horror filmmaking that post scream world where they were trying to capture that next big thing, right? Mm-hmm. So they're kind of doing the stream thing again of putting like the good-looking young cast in there, but they're like, okay, well, what's next? And they they want to do found footage, but they Oof. really and they want to do the internet. They really don't know how to do it all. And I'm not gonna it's sit right here there. and say <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and say that it it all works, but I kind of because I Again, this is like like zombies. Like if they were to eliminate the opening, I don't like they do Laurie Strode dirty in this yeah. one.
0: <laughs> well, to be if, fair, she basically insisted that it happened oh, quick. Absolutely.
4: You know, so. if, if this was just like a Halloween movie that started fresh, right? Like whether they pay attention to all the previous sequels or not, like don't even mention Laurie Strode except in passing. I kind of pine for an era where every year we just got some stupid fucking. Halloween movie because I think we t- I mean, we're on a podcast that we talk about these movies for three hours and do take them relatively seriously but if they were just cranking them out like Hellraiser movies and I think this is better than your average Hellraiser sequel post five like if you're just kind of mm. get like really silly shit like this and it's you know it is an attractive young cast Katie Sackhoff stone cold fox in this
0: movie Starbuck Mac you have yeah. this as dead last. What's the story? It's awful.
3: <laughs> I mean, I agree with you, Mike. Like they're trying, but like they don't see, see it at any of those things. I feel it's pretty abysmal. It's a shell of what it is. It, it's the whole idea. Of, like Michael, just he's done, and he just goes home. He just sits in his room. <laughs> like there's nothing else to do now. I guess I'll just wait till people happen in on me. Like it's so dumb, but I I was trying to. You mentioned something earlier, and I I've lost my way. Damn it! But something about oh, churning them out once a year. This isn't Hellraiser. This isn't Friday the Thirteenth. At least with those movies, you believe like in that world, like there'd be some kind of story you could do. <laughs> There's not a lot you could do every single year with this character, unless you really go crazy with it and just let let. Let very, very strange artistic directors come in and do their their weird takes on it. You know, like everything is drastically different. They don't try to maintain yeah. any kind of continuity going forward. That's what know. I kind of expect. But that wasn't you, what they were trying to do. Well, you wrestling. mentioned Hellraiser. Everybody, everybody,
0: hold everything. Once somebody speaks, then the next person speaks, or we're going to be like, you know, we keep all this in, by the way, we're going to be like 1130 at night. We, we just got to go, Mike says something, Max says something. Dan says something, and then Rothman says something. We can't just keep beating around. We're gonna be here the rest of our lives. So Dan, Dan Caffrey, why do you have this at number thirteen? It's funny with the Halloween series because
1: I almost feel like it's so ingrained in me by this point, it's hard to do precise, like, you know, pick apart criticisms. And with Resurrection, I have to go off with the simple fact that I'm compelled to rewatch every single Halloween sequel every year and the original, of course. Except this one, and I can never remember anything from it, like at all. I mean, I remember the opening sequence. And I think that's just because Jamie Lee Curtis gets killed. But I can, I can't. What, what podcast were we recording the other day? And someone was saying, like, oh, I like the nod to this or that in the movie. I couldn't even remember that death sequence. It just, it just feels muddy and unmemorable to me. And I wish I had a more specific reason than that, but it doesn't feel like a very specific movie to me.
0: Mike Rothman, does it feel like a specific movie to you? We may never know because he's left for some reason. Well, it's 33, 30, 33,
1: 40. <laughs> He got. He
4: couldn't take anybody being relatively is, positive about Halloween resurrection. You know, I will. I do want to add a little trivia that Busta Rhymes is watching a film called Duel of the Iron Fist. I saw you tweet about that in <laughs> 1971, and that's what inspires the kung fu battle.
0: At oh, that's what you were talking about on Twitter, All right. Mike? What is it specifically about this movie that uh, that turns you off and has it a dead last for you?
2: This isn't the dead. This is just dead last in this franchise. This is dead last in horror and films and all together. I mean, I, 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 I hate this movie. I hate this movie. Yeah, pretty I, think this is, I think this is the, not only the worst horror movie sequel. I think this is like one of the worst sequels of all time. That's it. That's all I'll say. You want to hear more of it? Go to the episode. Because I, 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 I think I had like a fucking aneurysm on, on that episode. Because well, I just God. hate it so much.
0: I remember we had this, I think, dead last in our big horror sequels list one time. that uh, we did. A publication we used to write for. And yeah, this is dead last for me, too. It's funny, because honestly, if the first seven movies, I'll rewatch all the time, no matter how I feel about them. I've seen this twice now, once in theaters, once last year. I just, again, I don't see myself going back to it ever again. And for all the reasons that we listed in that terrific episode that we did, Jesus Christ, four years ago, please go back and listen to it. We spent a lot of time on it. Please go back and listen to it <laughs> again or for the first time. We had a blast, kind of. Okay, so we have gone through our top ten, and now we enter the top nine. I think Ryan Reynolds was in a movie called Nine at one point. I think I saw it. Don't remember much of it. Dan Caffrey, what do you have at number nine? Halloween, twenty eighteen, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus! Every time, stupid little
4: like
1: laugh. (laughs) Halloween for you hands out there
0: <laughs> okay for for me number nine rob zombies halloween 2 can't remember was it 2009 that came out i think 2009 yeah Cool. Oh, great matt gerber what do you have at number nine
3: well we're not going far because i'm going to join
0: you with rob zombies halloween 2 halloween 2 of course the second halloween 2 of the franchise curse of the white horse Of the White Horse. Mike Roffin, what do you have? I mean, I know what you have at number nine, but tell everybody Uh, out there what you have at number nine.
2: Well, you said number nine. I have 2009s, uh, Halloween 2.
0: Interesting. Okay. So, wow, four of us, I believe, have mentioned. Nope, only three of us have mentioned Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie. So, Mike Vanderbilt, I want you to tell us what your number nine is and take it away.
4: Going to talk a little bit about. Last year's Halloween
0: Kills. Number nine for you. All right. Speak speak about it a little bit. It
4: sits, but I, I want to say I wanna preface that it sits kind of alongside Halloween Resurrection because mm. I think they're two sides of the same coin. I think that Halloween Resurrection is gleefully stupid and knows it. Mm. And that's why I can take some positives away from that movie. Like you mentioned about uh you'd never watched that one. I would put this one, I'd put resurrection on over part five. But Halloween kills it's so stupid because i really do think of course my opinion on this has sort of wavered since halloween ends cuz i do feel like david gordon green and the gang are really trying to say something serious with this movie mm-hmm. but it's so you know ineptly executed i don't i mean again this is one like you can hear all of my thoughts on last year's episode and probably if you ever listened to that uh commentary like yeah. the commentary uh but it's just kind of a, a it's a stupid movie, but I think it's more exciting. Why is it? Why is it above Rob Zombies? Why is it above Halloween 2018? Why is it above Halloween Five? It's at least a little bit exciting. Like I said, it is. Still, I do perceive it as high camp, kind of. It is uh, something to see.
0: Mike Rothman, I know you love this movie coming out of the theater last year. <laughs> why do you have it so? You have it as uh, the second worst. What, what's what's going on there?
2: I just you know how John Carpenter looks at Halloween two of 1981 and mm-hmm. we all kind of sit there and we're like, what are you talking about? Like you knocked out a pretty solid sequel and he just like hates it and, you know, vitriolic about it. That's how I feel about this movie. I, I just, <laughs> I just, and this really is trying to be Halloween two of this, uh, DGG universe. And I, I mean, I really, I was apathetic with Halloween resurrection because I didn't really want it to exist. You know, I just was like, all right, whatever H2O, I loved each show. I could always think of that as the ending. This is awesome, but Halloween Kills just felt like such a like. It's what Macoy says. Like, what are we doing here? Like, what is the point of this? Like, it's like every fucking move and turn of this movie. It's just one set piece after another that, for me, doesn't ever build towards anything. It's it's like at some point I'm watching a bunch of sim characters and like no one's really (laughs) saying anything real. It's all like babble. It's all Twitter dialogue that. Doesn't work, and and then by the end you get to this quasi emotional relief after killing you know multiple veteran characters, and I feel nothing other than a headache, and that's ultimately what I feel. So if I felt like my body was just kind of dejected after Halloween two thousand seven, this is like when I like reach for some fucking neoprene, and I can't handle it <laughs> anymore.
0: So yeah, <laughs> I will
2: I will never watch this movie again. Now that we've gotten the commentary, this is one I will safely say I will never watch again. It's just well, it,
0: yeah. It was your newpren little, yellow, and different?: Oh, yeah. How <laughs> mm. bow the no sponsor. Uh, yeah, for me, this it's amazing. Once again, I forgot that Charles Cyphers as Sheriff Brackett dies in this movie that 's how little of an impact it had on me the first time. I, I totally forgot that major character had, comes back does to he die. die? He gets killed in the massacre yeah. at the very end. He gets his throat um, slit. Right, he tries
1: to shoot him. He, he yep. says the line. He says his classic line that gets his throat slit. He says his
0: classic line. This was a – I will say watching it, I'm very happy I saw it in a the theater with three other people who were more or less having the same experience I was. I wasn't as angry as I was kind of just laughing at the movie, not with the movie. Now, of course, you know. I can do the same thing if I go see The Fucking Room. That doesn't mean it's a good movie. I'm having a good time at a bad movie, basically, is how I felt about this one. That's why it was number 12 for me. Dan, you had this at number 11. I feel like of all the movies, you've softened on this one. I'm sorry, you've hardened on this one the most over
1: the year. Yeah, you know, I rewatched it on the plane, and I said this on a recent... watch along i was really hungry so i think it just made me solve the movie for what it was but there's still a lot (laughs) i like in it as far as sequencing goes i said i like how it expands the town i will say ends did make me appreciate this a little bit more because i do think they deal with the fallout of kills really well so i'm in my head i'm like well if i watch it again does it justify the Just bonkersness of the movie. We'll see. Um, when I watch it for the fucking fourteenth time or whatever. But my honestly, my big thing is just thinking about these legacy characters and how disposed of they are. I rewatched H two O recently, and you know Marion Chambers doesn't get. She might even have less screen time in H two O, to be honest. But they utilize her so well, and when they kill her off, you feel it Mm -hmm. because they really dig into what made that character great rather than just having her say lines from the first movie or make references from the first movie. Whereas in kills, it just, you're yeah. Like Rothman said, you feel like a shrug and bracket even more. So I mean, I like that he's there. Why not just have him there as like a little cameo as the night clerk, right? Why do we have to have this, like him say a line that would mean nothing to Michael. He didn't say but that it's line what to he Michael. Says to everyone
3: <laughs> on Halloween, everyone. Yeah, basically as they in the hospital. Every year.
1: Um, and yeah, so it, so for those reasons and, and even as much as i love ends i think i do think something this trilogy is really bungled is the definition of michael myers whether or not he's supernatural how powerful he actually is and i don't not in a way where it's like oh it's mysterious in a way where like i think you know nine different screenwriters had nine different ideas about him <laughs> at some point and you really feel that in kills like it, there's just a lot of gobbledygook about why he's evil and sort of trying to apply mysticism and science to it, but it doesn't really work. So yeah, it just, it's honestly, when I'm looking now, the Halloween movies, I like the least. Um, and once again, there is a lot I like in this. I think it's the ones that have the least amount of definition where they just, there's not as much intentionality. Like you watch H2O, you watch two, you watch one. Those movies know what they're going for and what they're trying to do. And I think some of the other ones are kind of caught between two things and kills is definitely the uh, epitome of that.
0: Mac, do you think David Gordon Green will ever truly explain what happened with the first two movies? Will he ever come clean?
3: I'm sure whatever the hot take is in 10 years, he'll be like, that's what we were trying to do. Um, I I, I don't, yeah, this movie, (laughs) this is abysmal. Uh, even on our rewatch for the watch along, I was having a hard time watching it. I, I, this is in my bottom two, because I, it's one of those movies where i really don't, I cannot imagine a time where I would go back and put it on. Halloween five is just above that. And that is the last one where I, I, you know, that's the one where I'm like, that's where it ends that I will rewatch that movie probably, but mm-hmm. how anything after that, I just can't do it. It's just a shell of a movie. It's a parody of itself without realizing it, but I'm sure they'll lean into that. that soon when people start saying, taking, making that take on it or whatever.
0: Well, I yeah, what I, um, I don't know what else to possibly add. I mean, like I said, we just uh, a watch along recently. We 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 let it all out last year. I, Mike Ruffman, how long was that episode? Like three and a half hours long, probably. A long one.
2: I edited it right afterwards, so I, uh, it's all a blur to me. just yeah. Mike. So one your last,
3: last word on Halloween. I, my kills. last word was that when when Mike said there's a bunch of people talking gobbledygook, all I could think of was like, what if it, what if Halloween was was seen from Santa's little Santa's little helpers. From Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. You know, just like.
0: Good Simpsons yeah. reference. Uh, they could use some Simpsons humor in Halloween Kills because a lot of the humor there was like season 23 of the Simpsons. You know, it's yeah. pretty tough.
5: Non existent. Oof. You guys, you know, it's been nicer lately. And in Wisconsin, you never quite know when winter is gonna be in, but it's been nice for like four days in a row. And I'm like, if sunnier days are coming, it's time to fuel up. And so I'm going back to my factor meals that no prep, no mess. I wanna hit my weight goals before it's time to hit that beach. You've got options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto. Factor has these fresh, never frozen meals, dietitian approved, guys. And here's the big thing for me, keeping out of the kitchen as much as possible, two minutes and these meals are ready. So it doesn't matter how busy you are. You've always got time. So treat yourself. They have 35 different meals to pick from, 60 add-ons to choose every week. You're always going to have new stuff to try. Have it whenever you want. It's effortless, guys. So if you'd like to try it yourself, head to factormeals.com badmovies50 and use code badmovies50 to get 50% off your first box. Plus... off your next month. That's code badmovies50 at factormeals.com slash badmovies50 to get 50% off of your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active.
0: Okay, let's move on to our eighth favorite Halloween movie. And I'll be starting with Dan Caffrey. What's number eight on your list? Just want to preference, uh, uh, preference.
1: (laughs) I want to preface this. By saying, look, these are these are the golden numbers for me. Eight and above, all, all good, all good. <laughs> sure, sure. For real, uh, this is Halloween Six: The Curse of Michael Myers.
0: Wow. Also known as Halloween: The Curse of Michael Myers. Also known as Halloween, Halloween 6, 6, 6, Six Six Six: The Origin of Michael Myers. On your old The Crow VHS videotapes for the trailer, remember that?
4: Also on Pulp Fiction.
0: Also, that's right. That's that's right. Boy, Miramax is really uh, trying their best They're to get movies it. out They're behind it. They're really pushing for the Oscar gold for Chris and Michael Myers. Okay. We spent too much time on this already. For me, number eight, Halloween 2018. David Gordon Green's Halloween 2018, mind you. Matt Gerber, what do you have at number eight?
3: My number eight is Halloween.
0: You know what that means? Mike Rothman, what's your number oh, eight? Are
2: we really here? Halloween Talk about.
0: 2018. I know you love talking about these movies specifically, so go ahead. (laughs) Oh God, damn it! I feel like... Well, I'm just so tired. (laughs) I'm
2: just... I think with these, it's it it just goes into this fact that it's just like this movie is just so hamstrung by the the need to tie to Laurie Strode, the need to put Myers in a fucking jail cell, the, the the need to to just lean on theme. So much, you know, I, I, I think one of the problems I've, I have with so much modern horror is that it's like someone thought of a theme that they want to talk about and they go and make the movie as opposed to making the movie and let the theme speak for itself, which is what, I don't know, most of the best movies of the last 40, 50 years have been able to do. hundred years. And a and, uh, hundred years, actually. So for this one, it, it, it's that aspect of it that I can't stand because it just shoves the themes down your throat and it just doesn't, again, it makes everyone feel like they're not human beings, just like Halloween Kills. And then on the other hand, you absolutely neuter the greatest ending in the history of horror movies, which is 1978's Halloween. Like, it's just one of the best fucking endings of all time. And you just say he gets arrested? And then on Halloween Kills, we get to see it happen. We get to see it manifest. Which, mind you, by the way, was something that John Carpenter said not to do with Halloween uh, 2018. I, I, the whole situation of this... I'll never forgive the fact that they just absolutely bungled the direct sequel idea that I'd been kicking around and been suggesting for years. And they just put him in the, the, the... Again, I'm just foaming at the mouth and saying the same shit I've been saying for the last four years here. But not a lot of promise for me, although it's higher for me here because it at least has the sort of grounded tendencies of, of that Dave and Gordon Green sort of hallmarks. It's, the problem mm-hmm. is mostly scriptural for me. I'll continue that conversation
0: later on. Ah, a little here. tease from Mike Rothman. Yeah. Speaking of teases... Mike Vanderbilt. Oh, that's you, not true. Hey. I, that's not true at all. So know, not, boy. Oh that's boy. the difference
4: between me and most sluts on Twitter. I'll give it
0: up. That's right. Uh, Just keep, follow him, follow him. Yeah, but so you had this lower than any of us. You had this at number I 11. Do.
4: And uh, I was sitting 2018 in Fantastic Fest at the North American premiere of this movie. And I remember a colleague coming up and asking me, so are you excited for this or are you one of these people that hates it? I remember kind of bristling at that comment because I was excited. For this movie, because I did feel like finally we're going to get like a good sequel to Halloween, because Mm -hmm. even then I said, look, we're sitting here ranking them. But like a lot of this is just kind of variations on two stars. I was never been a big fan of the Halloween franchise as much as I was of the original movie. And I was sat down and I prepared to like it. And I saw that pumpkin in the credits. Mm -hmm. And started to shift in my seat. <laughs> and actually almost considered walking out of the theater. Wow. When wow. Dr. Sartain put on the mask. Yeah. But I stuck through so it. Did and I. I, yeah. I immediately went back to my hotel room. And I wrote, I think, a relatively positive review. Kind of a C minus, C plus. My only uh, regret about the review is I think I actually may have considered it still. I think I might have wrote that it might be like the best halloween sequel but i think what i wanted to say it might have been like the best directed halloween sequel because david gordon green is a very talented director but i was just i just caught the end of this movie while i was uh up uh down in the universal orlando resorts universal orlando you know go down there spend some time with your family visit all the great uh rides and <laughs> Shut the fuck up. haunted houses <laughs> that they have down there good time and it just remarked how boring it was. And that's, mm. I, I think that's why I don't think Halloween, like, that's why I place Halloween resurrection right above this one, because Halloween resurrection is a lot of things, but it's not boring. And mm. Halloween 2018 is.
0: Mac, would you agree with that? Do you think Halloween 2018 is, is boring in general or are there other issues with it or just I more issues on top of that?
3: I don't think it's boring. I, I think the reason why it sits kind of midway here for me is, uh, it there are moments that work in this movie, and like like Mike was saying, like it is, it does have the David Gordon Green groundedness that where you're like, oh wow, they maybe they are trying to make it grounded and human. Then there's just the moments where you know you have the slow mo taking the mask out and putting the mask on. There's there's too much ceremony, and then there's not enough ceremony when you have Sartain putting on the mask willy nilly. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't walk that line. It keeps falling off of the, off the, the ledge, you know, it keeps falling off either side of the knife. And I, I, I don't know if either of those metaphors work, but I, I just, I feel like it's a, it's a tight wire and it, it does not stay on either way. It just keeps missing the mark, but there are some moments that work, you know, some of this Michael stalking uh, I think is really effective in the film. Fair enough. I really wanted to like the new kids. You got the, the the light and stuff like that. Those some of those sequences. There's there's something in there where I was like, there, "This could work on another level," but it just. Well, I guess it
0: didn't. Yeah. Dan Caffrey, you have this uh, not not too high up uh, on the old list. You had this at number nine. Uh, thoughts on Rainier Sartain? <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because
1: I feel like. And I do like Halloween, but I do feel like it reminds me a little bit of the way you talk about Halloween five, I'm not saying it is anywhere near Halloween five in terms of bad quality, but every time I watch it, I'm like, man, I'm into this. I lo- like all the way through the first over half of the movie. And I'm even fine with Sartain to a point, but then that Matt, it's what Vanderbilt said, that mask scene happens and he looks so silly in it. And it just feels so <laughs> out of nowhere. And they've even said, the filmmakers have said they had to figure out a way to get Michael to Laurie's house instead of just having him show up because he shows up every. It it just feels like it's such a belabored plot point and it just redefines Michael Myers in the way I don't love. It steers these movies in a way that I feel like they they do recover from and ends, but it kind of, it's what I said before, it hangs over the confusion around Michael Myers. And honestly, I think Sartain's move in that is like what, sends everything a little bit downhill for me and i like the final sequence too but man that middle just every every time i watch i think i'm gonna be into it and and be like no maybe it's not as bad as i remember it and it just oh it's it's literally when he comes up wearing the mask i'm just like and then i wonder i'm like well would i like that scene would i like that scene if he didn't wear the mask maybe like i can buy that okay the doctor wants to study michael Mm -hmm. you know but Going so far as to put the mask on and haul the body in and all that, and maybe the point is that he's supposed to look silly because he can never embody evil the way Michael does. But it, it just—I it, I know this phrase is so overused, but it just does jump the shark for me a little bit, which is saying a lot for Al. It <laughs> Al jumps, jumps the sartain. Yeah, but there's still a lot going on in it that I love. Myth, I do think it's effectively scary. It, it does move up until that point. I like Michael Myers in it. I, I actually like the podcasters, which I, I think I might be alone in that here, um, uh, yep. but.
0: Man,
1: <laughs> they're who I but who
0: I think we are, but we're not. You know, what I mean, it's like it's we're like that type of situation. That. We yeah. would
1: have
4: we would have had I, the foresight to have that episode ready to drop on Halloween. We wouldn't have been recording no. it the night. before. What we would have done. Yeah. Is we would have had
0: the re, we would have had the wherewithal to just say, "Hey, can you hop on a Zoom real quick?" <laughs> Not travel across the country, Uh, across the world to interview this person. Not
3: not going to insane asylums, yelling at patients uh, on the court. No, I'll just say that.
0: Especially upon further reflection, upon rewatching it recently, as well as a movie we haven't discussed yet. The main issues with this movie for me are demystification, what I believe are major, major studio interference, whether or not David Gordon Green will ever admit it, and also reeks of like a sixth draft, whereas the future movie does not reek of a sixth draft. And that is what really stood out to me. I, I don't know if I've softened over over time, but you know, I'm probably giving like a two and a half out of five. I think that there are some good parts in it. I think that we wouldn't have done this podcast if I, w- I shouldn't say that we probably wouldn't have done this podcast if somebody with David Gordon Green's pedigree wasn't attached. And some of his, you know, talents shine through in this, but it's still it's a mess. Like I don't I don't have any really real desire to to revisit it anytime soon, but I'm sure I will for some podcast, whether it's this or if I'm guesting on something in 15 years, who knows? I don't want to put, I don't want to put that energy out there. I hope I never have to talk about this movie again, but we'll see what happens. We'll also see what happens for Mike Vanderbilt's number eight choice on his rankings. What's number eight, Mike Vanderbilt.
4: Uh, Oh, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween
0: 2 Can't talk about it yet. Talk about yes. So now we're moving on to our top sevens. We are it's like the median for us. This is, this is like our median in terms of the rankings? So Dan Caffrey, what do you have at number seven? Hey man, one man's median is another man's masterpiece. Uh, wow, I praise. These are the Michael's
1: masterpieces. Masterpiece. Uh, um, number seven for me is Halloween four: The Return of Michael
0: Myers, which does have the title in it, right? In all four. Yes, this does officially have the Return of Michael Myers in it. Unquestionable. And for me, and I'll say this, my next four are pretty much on the same tier. I mean, they are on the same tier, and I like them all for different reasons. So keep that in mind. So number seven for me, I never thought I would have said this two weeks ago. Number seven is (laughs) uh, Halloween Ends. David Gordon Green's Halloween Ends, number seven. Matt Gerber, what is number seven for you?
3: This was tough. Uh, I agree, Justin. Uh, um, They're all kind of similar for a while, but my... Number seven is H two O.
0: Halloween H two O from nineteen ninety eight. Uh, Mike Rothman, what's your number seven?
2: Well, it looks like I'm riding shotgun with Caffrey. Halloween uh, <laughs> four, maybe a, maybe a tr- pickup truck with Earl. Halloween uh, nice. four, The Return of <laughs> Michael Myers, nineteen eighty eight. Hey, I hope that shotgun works and doesn't malfunction.
1: Right, otherwise, no, me too. I'm in trouble.
0: Hey, I hope you guys have some room up there, Mike Vanderbilt. What's your number seven? <laughs>
1: Halloween 4, the return
4: of Michael Myers. But I will say I kind of debated between that and Zombies Halloween 2.
0: Alright, well, speaking of Zombies Halloween 2, Dan Caffrey, number 6. Halloween 2, Rob Zombie. Now you have this very high compared to the rest of us. Uh, you, I know you recently revisited it. Give us your feelings. What's Why is this so high now for you? Just last night, I'm coming off a hot watch, so...
1: You Know maybe I'll regret it later. I think I even said, God help me when I sent you my rejiggered
0: <laughs> rankings. Were, were you had you eaten? Yeah, no, I had very, <laughs> yeah, I'd eaten some
1: dog, it was delicious. Uh, yeah. And uh, while Susan was eating some pizza, and our minds melted. Uh, no, uh, it's a few things. I do think watching ends just really made me appreciate the big swing of this. And I will say, I, I mean, I've I don't think anyone's going to debate his visuals in this movie. We, I think everyone unanimously praises the hospital sequence. I like the kind of dream logic that's present throughout, but for me, what it is is I don't think zombies movies are a very convincing case for how one becomes a serial killer. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't work because when we see Michael in the first movie, he's like already like jerking off to dead rats or whatever, right? Like he's gone. And then, but then they also show that it's a product of nurture. So it doesn't really make sense and this increase. movie continues that like I, don't, I love the white horse as far as an image goes i don't mind that he's following it i don't think it really explains the psychology of a serial killer what i do think this movie does really <laughs> well is explain the psychology of victims slash survivors um and it's not pretty but i actually i actually think the ugliness works in its favor here and i like that through and I, i'm I, this is all why i sent my letterbox review today if anyone, anyone wants to read it but i don't I've think read i'm on that earlier no oh, thank you uh, i'll have to I'll have to read yours on it um I don't think I'm on the Halloween two episode actually. So there there's my opinion on it, but I like too that bracket Annie Loomis and Lori all seem to be dealing with the fallout of the events of the first film in a much different way. I couldn't think of many other horror movies where we really get that. And we spend that much time with the survivors and seeing them deal with, uh, I say trauma is what I say on it, but, and, and I got to respect that zombie actually was trying to examine that before that became kind of the, uh, Twitter topic de jure. You know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't feel very cynical the way he talks about that movie in the way that some people talk about these new movies. So is it perfect? No. I mean, like I said, I, I don't like how he, he still gets these fascinations with these dumb redneck <laughs> characters that, and, and like that scene in the strip club with, with Daniel Roebuck, um, ironically dresses Herman Munster, even though he's ah! got grandpa, he grandpa Munster. Big it's Lou. like we're, si- yeah, we're, we're sitting there. <laughs> we're sitting there just watching him and this other fucking guy who I think is in 31 just talk about like Frankenstein's dick and strippers for like five minutes. You're like, why am I focused on this? Even the scene in the back of the van with the the one chick who's dressed like Dr. Frankenfurter, we're just like sitting there like, oh, how much pussy do you get? Well, it just goes on and on and on. The two guys, yeah, the yeah. two, uh, Richard Brake and the other guy in the in the van like just like, oh, fuck, a dead core. I'm, I'm like, dude, just cut those scenes out. Like we do, you have this core that's so strong. We don't need to see all this like chit chat about zombies, toilet subjects or whatever. Like that's, that's my main thing. That's my main issue with the movie. I wish they just cut out some of those ancillary characters. I think the final act is really good. And yeah, I was really struck by how much I enjoyed this one, but once again, I don't know if I'm just riding high off the fumes of ends and appreciate other I'm not going to knock anybody's
0: positivity. I'm I'm not, I'm not one of these Twitter trolls out there is trying to like, (laughs) make people feel bad for liking something. that's just a movie.
1: I really loved it this time around. I mean, I never, I never hated this movie, but I, I, was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Rewatching yeah. it last night,
0: Mac. This was also in your in your top ten. I think actually this is in just this is in all of our top tens. Honestly, uh, what what is it about this movie that worked for you as opposed to the first Rob Zombie Halloween movie?
3: Something I think is really difficult to do in this franchise is take a swing, and uh, a swing is taken, <laughs> and I, I it doesn't necessarily land, but at least it's trying to do something original. So I find that infinitely more watchable than uh things that are just trying to retread old territory so i make fun of this movie a lot but you know i do as soon as it's over i forget it and it's one of those movies where i will probably go back to and then i'll realize that that was a mistake but i do think that uh it's uh it's 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 a watchable mess I, i i i like it a little bit more than some of these others I don't. I don't have a lot more to say, Dan. I kind of agree with Dan on some fronts, but you know, it's it's still a miserable movie
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Vanderb- on top of everything. Vanderbilt. What about you with Halloween Two? No, I think you have this in number number eight on your list.
4: I'm riding high off a rewatch. I watched it this afternoon, and I watched the director's cut, which is my first time seeing that. Same, yeah. And I do, I've heard that it's a completely different movie. I don't remember much about the theatrical cut, but I, I remember not enjoying it. But it is an ugly movie, but I think that works to its advantage, like Dan says. And I, in what I was saying about Halloween, his uh, 2007 Halloween, like imagine this movie if he did it set in 1979, like as a direct sequel to the original Halloween, right? Uh, I think that would make this a better movie. And mm-hmm. I think this does what Halloween 2018 wanted to do uh, much better. I think it's supposed to be ugly. It's supposed to be miserable because it, it kind of sucks. It kind of shows that it sucks being a survivor, right? We all watch all these horror movies. But, uh, you know, Ash vs. Evil Dead kind of tackled that a little bit, although with a little bit of its tongue in its cheek about having to go back home after all your friends got murdered in a cabin. Uh, I, I, it's a, It's a big swing. And I think my first watch, I didn't like them turning Loomis into kind of a villain because he was always kind of one of those characters I liked and admired as a kid. But upon a rewatch, I kind of like the Dan's point, how he's dealing with surviving this situation differently than Laurie is. And Hollywood Loomis kind of cracks me up. I think it's kind of a very sick, dark joke. Uh, Although I don't need to ever see uh, What's-His-Nuts on the talk show again. i never liked
1: that guy. Rito Yankovic? Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick.
0: No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> uh, okay, Mike Rothman, you've got this at number nine on on your list. Uh, what's how, how do you feel about it nowadays? We really don't talk about this movie that much. So how do you feel we, about?
2: It? Well, we don't. And I I actually had this one higher uh, last time around these parts, and I I think the reason why it fell down is that it just you know I, I get it. Yeah, there's been a lot of standing around this this sequel, and everyone's like, this is the one that Zombie really wanted to make, and you know, it's aesthetically pleasing, and it takes a swing, and it has all a little bit more richer themes, and and Danielle Harris is pretty great in it. Um At the end of the day, I still don't want to watch it. <laughs> I don't like. I don't want to watch it. I look at yeah, the, I fucking got the zombie DVD personality. Yeah. I, I, exactly. I still. I, I watch the Blu-ray. Or I see it in that that collection, and I just, as I said in the last few, we're in the headache section. Of the Halloween franchise, I get a fucking headache, and at this point, I'm. It's not so much of a headache that, that that you get immediately; it's one that you get afterwards, and and you're just exhausted by it. And I and this movie is exhausting, and I and I, and it's in a good way. You can argue because that's his point. Um, I, I think favorably if I have to find some favor favoritism here. I, I do love Danielle Harris. I think that her and, and um. Brad Durf's relationship here is awesome. I think that if the big swing, you really wanted to make a big swing, you kill Laurie off in that hospital and you follow Brackett or Annie Brackett, the Brackett family for the rest of the movie. And it would be a much more interesting film. And honestly, probably the most soulful human being in the entire, uh, both movies, to be honest with you. Um, And also, you really want to get meta. It gives Danielle Harris a a reclamation story in a way. You know, it really gets to kind of swing back. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Um, I still think it's the most interesting of the two. I still won't watch it again. <laughs>
0: that's it. I think for me, with, with, with Rob Zombie, I think he gets in his own way. And I think that has been happening more and more over the last 10 years. I think, you know, 31 and, and The Monsters are just awful movies. Yeah, uh, yeah I, don't, I, I, I don't want to get into it too much because, honestly, <laughs> at the end of the day, he's, he's able to do something that not a lot of modern-day filmmakers can, can do and that he is, he is a devoted cult audience. He's kind of like the Kevin Smith of horror in a lot of ways. He's not looking to have, you know, billions of people love his stuff. As long as hundreds of thousands or small millions love his stuff, he can live forever. You know, he'll sustain it. There's some great moments in this movie. I think Brad Dorff's when he discovers Annie, is a legitimately well-played scene on, his, on this part. It's like you said, Caffrey, though, all the all the zombieisms. Of, of the over-the-top language that's kind of played for laughs, or is it just being played as a, you know, everyday setting? I don't know. That's a problem. I, don't know. I never know what he's doing. I never know if it's supposed to be a joke or just some aggression. And, yeah, I have really no desire to ever watch this one either again. Uh, we didn't really focus on it, but I do think the first 20, 25 minutes are really good. And then Hospital, I think that works to its yeah, favor. that's great. But then she wakes up.
1: It's because it gets it's, a little
0: redundant after a while, too,
1: I believe. It, it's like the one time you actually go, oh, I wouldn't mind seeing Zombie just do Halloween 2 from yes. 1981, just do his version. Yep. It's like the only yeah. time you feel that way about the Halloween
0: sequel.
4: And one more point. Uh, I love seeing a trio of hot chicks dressed as Rocky Horror characters.
0: Well, science fiction <laughs> double feature. You know what I mean? I thought no. you were going to say, oh, well, you're in luck. Is this next movie has that, too? Because <laughs> Yeah. My number six is Rocky Horror Picture Show, directed <laughs> by Jim Scho- No, okay. So, Dan, your number six is Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And my number six, once again, I never thought I would have been saying this 27 years ago, is Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, number six on my list. How about that? Mackenzie Gerber, what's your number six?
3: Number six is Halloween Ends.
0: Wow, number six, huh? Pretty amazing. Right? To me that I that I'm Love it. ranking it at number six. Well, we're not talking about it yet. We're not No, no. Mike Rothman, what's your number six? Uh,
2: blood is thicker than water. Halloween each twenty years later.
0: Hmm. Mike Vanderbilt, what's your number six? <laughs> It was. <laughs> that was the tagline. It was yes, or
2: summer's taking a, a vacation, or Tara's taking a vacation. I, I was terrors explaining the bloodiest year of our
4: thing because remember we got spooky I, season. We, April, August. I'm, so, I'm sorry, you, I'll take this more
0: seriously. You got the hold we got to hold on the H2O jokes. Trust me, it's coming up. Mike Vander, what's your number six?
4: <laughs> a Halloween: The Curse of Michael Myers.
0: Unbelievable how high the, the Curse of Michael Myers. is. God bless it. I say this is exciting. We still have seven movies to talk about. And we're about to give our top fives. So that's how random this list has been. It's pretty eclectic. Turns out not all white guys have the same opinion. Number five. Dan Caffrey, what do you got? Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. That would be uh, the film by Tommy Lee Wallace.
1: <laughs> I would clarify. Not the George <laughs> Romero a, one? As okay. opposed to the Donovan song. Yeah. yeah,
0: That was used in George A. Romero's Season of the Witch, as a matter of fact. Okay. My number five. Air takes a vacation, Halloween H2O, 20 years later. Matt Gerber, what's your number five? My number five
3: uh, is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Must
0: be the season. Trick or treat, kitties. Mike Rothman, your fifth favorite Halloween movie. Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, 1995. Five. How about yeah. that, folks? Who saw these things coming? I don't know. Well, if you follow us on social media, you're probably reminded that we like these movies. Mike Vanderbilt, what is your fifth favorite Halloween film?
4: The one, the only, the original Halloween 2. All new.
0: 1981, I believe. Right? Yeah. Indeed. You
4: know
0: what that means, ladies and gentlemen? We are in our top fours, and we still have to talk about seven movies.
1: <laughs> so weird. God damn it.
0: How about the eclectic list we got here? Am I right? Dan Caffrey, what is your fourth favorite Halloween movie? That
1: would be number four. Halloween ends, and if you had told me two I weeks know. Ago, like, you're <laughs> <forgetting> <laughs> that. I love it. I love it. I, I do.
0: This is good news. Okay, hold on. Hold everything. Hold wow. everything. Wow. Hold everything. My fourth favorite is appropriate because it's Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. Matt Gerber, give us your number four and start talking about it. My number four is. Halloween 6,
3: The Curse of Michael Myers. Number 4. Uh, look, you know, this film you see at a certain age, this was the first Halloween film I saw on the big screen. Uh, it still has Michael Myers in it, so I, I think that really is the only reason. That some of these movies are right there, right next to each other, and that's really the only reason why it's it's just a notch above um, my number 5, which is Halloween 3. Uh, it still has Michael, Michael in it. Um, I think there's some still really effective scares in it. I love that Loomis is back. You get Paul Rudd as Tommy Doyle. And even though it's not Daniel Harris, I still really like, God, they they really tried to make sense of Halloween 5. And I (laughs) I have to applaud them for that because I do think it's a superior film. So yeah, it's Halloween 6 for me. Um, You know, guitar-driven score and everything.
0: Well, Vanderbilt, are you you really familiar? I mean, you know, I'm going to save this question. Let me just ask you this question instead. You've got this at number six, You're still pretty high up. Uh, how yeah. have you always felt this way about it, or have you warmed up to it over the years?
4: You know, I, I this was the first Halloween movie I was really looking forward to, like, I couldn't oh. wait for it. And I want to say it kept getting pushed back, mm-hmm. uh, I kept changing titles. And <clears throat> I finally went to see it with my uh, my best friend, Dan Lynch. It was like, uh, he became my high school friend, we knew each other in Boy Scouts, and that was like our first, like, we're in high school now, and now we're friends. Now we're like buddies so i think when i was his best man i think i may have the only best man speech that actually mentions halloween the curse of michael myers and Mm. did i always feel like i I remember coming out of it thinking that was okay but i i was already a dyed-in-the-wool horror fan so i was used to disappointment at that Mm. point jesus <laughs> got, got, but, got, got long review. Well, as I, as
2: it's I said, true about, though, yeah, it's but
3: not about wrong. that era
4: of filmmaking. <laughs> yes, like,
3: yeah,
4: it, it was a lot of dreck. But then, yeah. like putting this one up against four and five, at least the '90s started to develop its own aesthetic mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. then, versus that ugly aesthetic of the '80s. And to Max's right. point, the fact that you didn't have to—the the screenwriters, the directors, the filmmakers—didn't have to try and tie in halloween four and five at all because yep. that was just not something that you had to do in that era fans i think fans cared but they weren't as vocal about it you didn't have the internet uh, so the fact that they did that and having watched like the producers cut and that hybrid cut that i think you sent me dan that oh yeah that that's hybrid uh, cut?
1: yeah that's from one of one of our listeners actually
4: so I'm not even sure like which I version I say it
1: on online. Cause I, cause mm. I don't want to, um, but we'll talk about, you know, who you are. if you, if you're <laughs> thank right. I you wanna, for anyone? Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not even you sure know.
4: which version I'm talking about, but it, it's kind of cool because it go harkens back to that season. Uh, or, uh episode, uh, Halloween three season, which thing of like
1: <laughs> episode two
4: combining, combine, well, combining, uh, witchcraft with technology and Mm -hmm, and and mm -hmm. magic and medicine and it's all just kind of weird and cool and i think they sort of get michael's look right in this one yeah i just just dig it because it's better than because it's better than four and five
0: Hey, some of us have certain attitudes like that about movies we're going to be getting to. Trust me. <laughs> Mike, I know you've really warmed up to this movie over the years. I think you, you've called it cozy before. I don't know if you—if this is the one, but what, what about it is is kind of cozy to you?
2: I, I just love Haddonfield in this. I mean, I think this is the best shot Halloween film since the Carpenter-Wallace uh, hill days, you know, of like the first three movies. I think, honestly, I just love the look and aesthetic of this movie. And for me you know, the, the hook of this movie in the series isn't Michael Myers, you know, sorry, Dan. Uh, but the hook for me is, <laughs> and it's not even the characters, it's just being in this world and feeling like I'm in the best season of the year, um, the season of the witch. And the uh, witch. yeah. And so for this one, it, it really does feel like Halloween. Like I've watched it three times this month already. Cause it's the one that I love going back to because, you know, they have the producers cut, they have this one, they have the hybrid cut, which I need to get, I need to get access to that one. Cause I've always thought that there's a better movie still to be had in here. And, uh, and unfortunately a lot of it would take a lot of reshoots, but, and with actors that don't no <laughs> longer with us. But I do think that when we talk about swings, this isn't so much of a swing as a, you know, the man getting up to ninth, you know, getting up to plate and then the ending of the ninth inning and having to like really carry the game and getting it mm-hmm. to getting it to the end. And I feel like that kind of is what happened with this, with Darren O'Farren's. I, I praised him a big time on our, our Halloween six episode in 2018, a controversial episode uh, that I've learned over the years. A lot of people get very uh, nuts about it. There are a couple of points where people decide to ditch us, and Halloween 6 is one of them. But uh, the, Wait, the the thing- they
0: were upset that we liked something? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I <laughs> so, wish them all the best in their, yeah. in their worlds.
2: But I, I it's, it is a total 180, and it's not the only 180 I have on here. I, I hated this movie when it came out. I was so angry with it. Mm. I just was like, you're overcomplicating everything. And this is like when I was 11 years old. And But this, like what Mac was saying, this I do have a, a soft spot because this was the first one I saw in theaters. Mm. This is the first one I could get anticipated for. And honestly, like, what, what keeps winning me over is like, I just love, I love the aesthetic as I said, but I also love the commitment to character and the commitment to the world. Like I think I said in the episode that this is a lot like the Marvel movies, like one of the first Marvel movie in the sense that like every character counts and every little bit and piece. Piece really amounts to something and builds towards the plot and Ferrens did his homework and especially in an era where the internet was really kind of um you know not so evergreen and you know it was basically in its salad days and he kind of really put pieced together a, a comprehensive story that moves forward and then also pays a big tribute to the past and i gotta respect him for that and i just just watch that opening the opening i always i just love so much there's so much finesse with it like just the way that it introduces Mm. loomis the way that it introduces tommy doyle like these as a kid who loved sequels and the reunion i always talk about the scream 2 episode we talk i talk a big a big part about it this movie does that so well and for characters that you didn't anticipate that you were ever going to reunite like i'll never forget the, the joy of knowing like oh my god Tommy Doyle's in this like that's earned. fucking cool and it's earned and that's the big part of it it's totally earned and uh, so yeah I'm, I'm this one just keeps climbing climbing do this
0: in four years might even
2: be in the top three for me
0: I think nostalgia is a huge part of it for me because like Mac I think we saw us together and it's something when you've been loving these movies for years like I had at this point to finally see on the big screen and you're like in the 10th row and that giant movie theater screen is just shining in your face you're getting Michael Myers images that you've never had before, you know, after rewatching all these sleepovers, VHS, et cetera, et cetera. There's also something to be said. You could argue this movie moves the fastest out of all of them, whether it's the producer's cut or the theatrical cut. It kind of just, and I mean this as a positive, like if you just want to sit down and just knock out a Halloween movie in about 80 minutes and not have it really feel like it's been 80 minutes, that theatrical cut is pretty much the way to go. If you want to sit back a little bit and enjoy maybe a a less aggressive score, a Donald pleasant monologue at the beginning, you can watch the producer's cut. I think that the, both the producer's cut and the theatrical cuts have their merits and demerits. Yeah. Um, honestly, in equal measure, I, I think. I think there is a perfect cut out there. Dan, off mic. Uh, please discuss this uh, fan yeah, cut. I'm dying. I'd like to be very interested in seeing that. Oh, uh,
1: it's it's good. And what I like too is that the person who created it is very aware of the strengths and the weaknesses of both cuts and mm. also kept some things in there that they know are flawless just because they're like, ah, you know, I just like this atmospherically, which I you know, I can get behind. Like I, like every choice of thought. It's very good. Yeah, and same with I mean, you guys said all in what what I really love about this movie, I thought about this watching it the other day because I forget what episode it was. Yeah, Mike had said this. the best Haddonfield I'm watching it and I'm going, yeah, the Haddonfield is really good in this. Michael Myers is great in this. They Michael get this Myers small, is awesome in
2: this. He's terrifying. He's terrifying. So good in this. He, he's he's, terrifying. He, I think yeah. he's
1: maybe the scariest here outside the first two. I agree. You, Loomis is great in this. You you get all those classic elements that are good and you still get the weirdo Halloween season of the witch stuff with the rune stones and everything. And and, and yeah, I know in either cut, I mean, we need, you know, I say, I, I say that doesn't work in the screenplay either cut. At the same time, they weren't really... Ferentz was not given a lot to work with there. I no. think he did a pretty damn good job, all things considered. And so the fact that it, you know how like the new movies try and reference all these other films and try and do all the various things of other films to varying degrees of success. This one actually kind of does do it. It's like, let's get the classic Halloween down. Then let's get the kind of bug shit Halloween that came later. I actually think it blends all that really, really well together. I mean, honestly, the only thing I really don't like about it is that, DJ subplot just because it doesn't make a lot of sense but I do like the scenes I like the scene the yeah they revealed him in the tree and it raining blood and all that yeah if you had told 11 year old me that that we'd be we'd have a podcast and the the controversial opinions that we all like I mean six I remember I remember one guy I don't remember who it was was on Twitter or or something being like He was trying to trash the podcast. He's like, these guys like Halloween 6. Let me repeat. They like Halloween 6. Like, it was just this deal breaker for him. There are much um, worse
4: films in this
0: series. Yeah, I love it. Even at the time
4: of its release, there were worse films in this series.
0: Well, listen, once again, before I go to bed each night, I say a silent prayer for people who spend a lot of time on Reddit. I wish them all the very best out there in their miserable existences. Reddit on Reddit. You said it – I want to say one more thing, and that is, yes, Michael Myers is properly scary in this movie. And mm-hmm. even though the mask looks different, it's a great-looking mask. It's awesome. He's, in, you know what's, you know what's, he's yeah, intimidating in this movie in a way that feels mystifying as opposed to the newer ones where he's obviously still very tough in these David Gordon Green movies, but he's been so demystified in a way. It doesn't work for me as well. I kind of like the mystification mm. of it all. He doesn't
1: feel like but, the Terminator in six, which is weird. Cause you feel like he would given the plot, but he actually feels. It feels like, like the shape, like a real, it feels like the wind again. He walks like,
4: like an actor, not a
0: stunt man. Yes. Right, but he okay. feels
3: like you don't know what's under the mask anymore. Yes, at this point. exactly.
0: And that's, what's cool yeah. about it. Well, they do a good job in this one, especially you don't really see his eyes at all. Mm-mm. As far as I can remember. At least in the original cut. I think the producer's cut, especially in that bright hallway when he's being trapped by the rune stones. <laughs> I think you can see his eyes a little bit there. Okay, we're moving on. We still have six movies to get to. Mike Rothman, what's your number four? Halloween Two, nineteen eighty-one. 1981. There you go. Uh, Mike Vanderbilt, your number four. Uh, Halloween Three, The Season of the Witch. Must be. The Season of the Witch. Well, we have got our top threes to get to, and we still have six movies to cover. <laughs> love How about it. that variety? huh? It. This is exciting. That's great. Dan Caffrey, your number three. Uh, blood
1: is Thicker Than Water. Uh, Halloween or yeah, Terror Takes wow. Vacation? Terror um, it, uh, Takes Vacation. Family is Forever, whatever it is. Uh, the Solace Family. Uh, Halloween needs like, uh, Well, hold, hold, Don't talk, a, talk
0: about it yet. We don't, we're not talking about it yet. We can't talk oh, about oh, it. Oh, I all. thought we were. A nope, show, believe it or not, years later. we're all still right. not talking about it. alright. For me, number three... And again, if you told me this 30 years ago, I probably would have said, what the fuck are you talking about? But uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Wow. We're not talking about yet. We're I not know, yeah. About but th- I, yeah.
2: I didn't expect it to be that high for you.
0: Yeah. We are going to be talking about our next movie. Matt Gerber, what's your number three?
2: Halloween 4.
0: Wow. The Return of Michael what. Myers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to me,
3: I think the first three films and not counting Halloween three as it is an anthology entry. I, I think one, two and four are kind of a trill. If you want to stop before crazy five, I think you could end with end with that ending and it's kind of a cool bookend. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's a, it's a solid one, two, three. Uh, I, I, I love the entry of, the, you know, Jamie Lloyd. I love Rachel. I, I, I love that Pleasance comes back it feels like Halloween. I mean, how many times have we reference that opening? I know. Uh, I think that Michael's still really scary in this. And I think something that you get in this one a lot, which you don't get in other a lot of the other movies, is him stalking a child. And that is really unnerving, uh, even if it's, you know, silly at times or whatever. But <laughs> I'm thinking of the truck sequence. But I, I don't know. I just think I watched this movie at a time it felt really current to me, uh, because I think it was the one that had come out closest to where I was starting to watch them. So I was able to kind of put myself in the movie a lot more. Uh, and that was kind of a really cool entry point. And, uh, yeah, I just, I really still really love the movie. It, it reminds me of when I was getting into all these movies is what it does.
0: Caffrey, how about you and, and your feelings about the return?
1: yeah i mean i love return it was a little bit lower for me i think i had it like number seven and honestly it's just because it feels a little chintzy at times to me it just feels a little bit of its era and not in a way i love and i'm so much more into the first mm, two-thirds of the movie than the final act i don't hate it but it's like max said the the redneck militia a little bit silly um <laughs> the truck is a little bit silly i do love the very very ending um yeah, I, I know we joke about Bucky's Power Station, but even that is just like so... I don't know. It's just so um in your face in a funny kind of janky way. Um, but I will say, I don't know. We, if you want to talk about a sequel that just needed to reset and put out a solid Halloween movie to kickstart the series again, I think this movie does that so well. And then Five mm-hmm. obviously undoes that so well. Um, <laughs> Immediately. But, and, and you really do get some... No, it's funny. I know we talk about six and in my opinion some of the zombie films are like really good versions of haddonfield i think ends is a really good version of haddonfield i think four is a really good version of the outskirts of haddonfield i love all yeah. the farmland we get in the beginning mm-hmm. smith's grove is excellent that um just the whatever location they found in i think utah right for when the ambulance crashes it's like Oh, it's, it's all yeah, like that that all to me. Oh, the gas station. Gear God, I mean, the minute gas station is one of the yeah. most horrifying scenes yeah. in the series. Weirdly enough, the further they get into Haddonfield is where I fall off a little bit. But I, look, I, mm-hmm. I still love this fucking movie. I, I I think it's excellent. I just
0: think it it just starts to feel a little tinny by the end of it, if that makes sense. It's interesting you say that because I think my favorite parts of the movie, Mike, to steal your coziness. I think that when they're trapped in that house. Oh, I like the house. The way, and that's usually that's stuff. most of the final act is and the yeah. way it's I think I lit the
2: school onward for me yeah that's where I'm problem. I have a problem too with that too. when they get yeah. out of the house yeah yeah
0: I think uh, the way it really does feel like they're in a blackout the yeah. way it's lit with the fireplace and with the occasional flashlight that kind of blue tint to the whole movie really especially at night I think it really looks great it's a great kind of uh, reverse of how nobody knows about Michael Myers in the first movie. Yet, everybody knows about him here, and they're all in the house, yet they don't know that he's in the house with them, as opposed to him trying to get into the house. There's some fun reversal stuff going on there. I can't say enough about the dynamic between Rachel and Jamie in this movie. Those characters, I think yes. they're great. Well, and we, I really do think that Daniel Harris gives just a, a great kid performance. I mean, I, I, it still holds up today. It's so good. Um, I, you know, She was obviously in the last Boy Scout and some other stuff, but... She's actually, she's had a good career. People still talk. She's doing just fine. Don't worry about it. But she was, I thought she was phenomenal in this movie. Yeah, it gets a little jokey, but when you really think about the whole redneck thing and the truck at the end, it's only like five minutes long. You know what I mean? I think that's the thing. I know it stands out, but I really enjoy that final act and the dynamic between the two leads. Loomis is back. It it works for me. I think it looks good, and it's still number four. I think it's dropped a little bit, but I... I can still put it on tonight and, and have a good time with it. I'll put it that way. Uh, Mike Rothman, your your feelings on the return of Michael Myers.
2: Well, I, I'll never forget the screening that we all went to go to. The, the epic way of watching the Halloween series. <laughs> Halloween 1, 4, and 5.
0: That's right. Thank
2: you, AMC. <laughs>
4: well, that's very unbranded with AMC, Fear Fest, except they would have shown them backwards. Exactly.
2: It would have been <laughs> yeah. 1, 5, 4, <laughs> You'd be like, whoa, <laughs> these are getting better. Um, I, I'll just never forget when I realized ultimately why I didn't like four, which was, I think is at that screening. And I remember Justin getting so angry at me. And, and I, and I, so whenever I watch this movie now, I just think of, of, of that screening. And, what? and, and, and it's when I, I, I remember used to, this. I remember. it's because I was making fun of the ending and Justin, or Caffrey and I were laughing about stuff. And then I think you were getting upset. And I just, at the end, I was like, Oh, I can't really, I don't take that movie as seriously anymore. And then I think I got into the idea of why. And it's because Michael becomes Terminator and it's Mm. like it's full on Terminator to the point where like it's just that final act like because for me it's like I I think the movie is is really fucking solid up until it doesn't know what to do anymore and it's right when they leave like it even when you look at it at narratively it's like all right so Rachel falls off the roof and she kind of is just there. And then she runs to the school, but Loomis is at the school for some reason. It, all of it's all, it, it's very like, all right, where do we go now? And it reminds me of when I used to try doing, like scripting as a kid and being like, all right, what's the next set piece I could st- tape, tape here? And what can I, how do we get to that? And it just, it feels a little too piecemeal at the end in a film that was so fucking solid and uniform up until that point. And I still argue that like movie ends in that house, and maybe it ends with them on the roof and him falling down or, you know, something burning or, so, you know, maybe the fire goes on. Far more effective movie for me.
0: Not to cut you off, Mike, but originally the house was supposed to burn down, but they couldn't. Uh, yeah, really? See, so, yep. uh,
2: yeah. so that would be such a better yeah. ending. And, that, and that's, that, that probably builds into what I'm saying where it's like they didn't really know what to do after that. So it's kind of like, all right, well, then let's go take him out of town and then just kind of shoot him. Like that just doesn't I, it doesn't work for me. It's just like all it's just it's this militia shooting him. It just it takes away the horror for me. He's not scary at that point. So that's where I always have a problem with it. And then it becomes that way for the next few movies with him, even up to now, especially with Halloween Kills. So, But the stuff with the shadows, the interplay between Rachel, I mean, it's everything you guys have been saying. It's, it's been, and the opening is fucking phenomenal. So I, I still love it, but I, there's also parts of it where I, I just see where the franchise is going every time I watch it. And I'm like, God damn it. Hmm.
0: Vanderbilt, you had this inside baseball, folks. You had this lower... Originally, but you kind of in your last ratings, you have your, your last rankings. You you rose it up a little bit, you have it now number seven. Uh, your, your thoughts on Halloween four?
4: I still, I'm with Rothman more on this one where I just really don't like this movie. And I think a lot of it has to do with the pacing. Mm. Like, I couldn't tell you what happens at what point in this movie. And it looks cheap, and I just don't like that era. And less this isn't where Michael Myers becomes a Terminator. This is where Halloween becomes Friday the 13th
2: yeah oh, oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
4: yeah To me, yeah. this is indistinguishable from another late eighties, Friday to thirteenth or Friday to thirteenth knockoff. But you know, I, I kind of jump over on how I rank all these movies. Some of them I rank on how they work individually as a movie. Some of them I rank how do they work as a horror movie? Some how do they work in the series?
0: Mm.
4: And as far as in the series, like with all the other bullshit that happens, four isn't so bad. It's better than five.
0: And, uh, we all agree on that.
4: <laughs> and gangbusters ending.
0: Yes, I, I like Max's idea. Yeah, I love the ending. Ended, I love
4: the
2: final shot. Yeah,
0: if, that's the, right,
4: if yeah. that storyline ended there, mm. like you never, you never need to see that resolve. No, it gives me chills. And the way it resolves in five is a disappointment.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think we all agree there too.
4: But man, like even as a kid, I was like, well, "Holy shit!" They did that.
3: It's kind of like Halloween to Halloween, right?
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. It undoes the ending. All right. Well, they do that a lot. Cause don't think they, they kind of undo the ending in uh, well, I guess by four, because he's not blind in both eyes and burnt to a, or crit- maybe yeah. he's being guided
0: oh. by an evil spirit. Who knows at this point?
3: Like daredevil.
0: And okay.
4: Seven to eight
0: daredevil. <laughs> We're moving on. So Mike, what is your third favorite Halloween movie? Halloween ends. Can you imagine two weeks ago. <laughs> I know. Oh yeah. Uh, we're I know. not, we're, we're not talking, talking about yet. We're not talking about yet. Oh, not talking about whoa, whoa, yet. it, okay, right. Mike Vanderbilt. What's and Mike Vanderbilt? Give us your third favorite Halloween movie and start talking about it.
4: My third favorite Halloween horror mo- movie is my one of my favorite summer tentpole releases. Actually, H two O. Haha Twenty years later. I like this movie, cause, so it is 20 years later, right? Yeah, so Hall- Halloween changes the game, right, in 1978. Then Scream changes the game in 1996. And I like that they said, all right, because, I mean, <laughs> the Akhads, you know, are kind of boneheaded with what they do with the character, but sometimes they're inspired and saying, let's do this again. But let's uh, take the inspiration from Scream, Let's bring back Jamie Lee Curtis one more time. I think all that's inspired; it all works together. Uh, it's blissful at eighty minutes. Uh, it's <laughs> it's better than four and five, and again, gangbusters ending. Best best ending to any horror franchise sequel, yeah, ever. If not the best, top three. But I think maybe we could have a that could be a tease. That could be a good. It could be a li- good list episode. It could be good uh,
0: Yeah, definitely. That's a good course. idea. Keep that, yeah, keep that in the overall, like,
4: this is the Laurie Strode that I want to see post-Halloween, post-Halloween too.
0: Ruffman, you go back and forth on this movie. I know you're, you're more positive these days, and you've been watching it a lot this season specifically. Uh, what is it about it, uh, that, that you it that you enjoy so much at this point?
2: Well, it's like all the stuff that shouldn't have hooked me when it came out. You know, when it was, when it came out, it was like, oh, Michael Myers and teens like in Scream. But really the best thing about this movie are the adults. And it's the most, mm-hmm. ad- the, it's it's the best adults that have been in any of the films, honestly. And that includes the David Gordon Green stuff. I, I think the relationship between Will Brennan and uh, Carrie Tate, aka Laurie Strode, is fantastic. And I just think of that scene where they're going out to lunch and she orders the Chardonnay when he's in the bathroom and... It's the most adult this franchise has ever been. And I and I and I speak of that just not to get too personal, but like when this movie came out, my mom was like in the throes of her alcoholism. And I just remember as a kid being like, Oh my God, like a lot of this stuff is really real. Like this stuff hits home. Like this is actually like exactly what it's like. You know, the way she hides things and the way she's, you know, kind of doing stuff and the way that she's, you know, she's grounded and she's still there. She's still mom. She still cares. But Beneath it all, she's got her demons, she's screaming, she's blah, blah, blah. So for me, like, that's why I was so like, like angry about Halloween 2018. Because it was just like, this is such an over-the-top, sensationalized version of the type of themes that they were already discussing wrestling with in, uh, in a show. And to be quite frank, when you think about the, the collateral damage that this Laurie deals with compared to the Laurie in 2018, it's, it's night and day you know it the, the lauri that has to survive halloween 2 is far, is far different than the lauri that survives halloween 1 sorry mm. it's different That's and take, yeah. and i and i think that the way that she handles it here you know it's 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 one of those things that i always think about with the star wars movies and with a lot of franchise movies it's like i watch this over and over again and i'm like ah oh, how could this be better and there's so many ways this could be better like for one, if they just stuck with the Halloween Six mask, this movie moves up a whole star for me. Mm, yeah. Two, if they just leaned harder on more of Ottman's score as opposed to leaning more on the Bell Petrami shit here and there, like it just it just comes off a little bit too much screamy for me. Mm. And then three, that final shut showdown—it's like what we talk about and we'll be talking about in a, you know another one coming up. Less is more. I don't need a brightly lit long hallway. Actiony, Mission Impossible style action sequences. I just want it a battle one on one. Um, and the start of the battle when she says Michael and the ending with the beheading, fucking 10 out of 10. But the battle within, it's a little too actiony for me. So those are the things, the blemishes that I, I I just can't get over it. But goddamn, this movie, when I think about the event of it all, I think you said it, Justin, is like, you'll never hear, you'll never feel that way again with this franchise.
0: Mm-hmm. And- Matt, uh- Jeffrey, yeah, you also had this at number three. You had this really high up, like Vanderbilt, actually. So, w- w- your thoughts on H two O? Yeah, my. Uh, I mean, amen to the mask comment. I always think it's not going to be that
1: bad. Honestly, even <laughs> if you just just took out the shot of Charlie looking at the mask in the kitchen, I think it would go up even Oof. more for me. <laughs> oh, but it's that like doofy it's,
2: mask, though, man. It's uh, like he's like. Man, like hey, can't somebody does a deep fake so,
1: that at this point. I know. I mean, I know you could but, even like, I think you could even just. Because you see him in the background while he's fishing for the bottle opener. So I think you could just cut before that. and be fine. Anyway, that's my only blemish against the movie. I mean, yeah, it's definitely of its era. It definitely feels like Scream. It feels like that Dawson's Creek kind of semi-annoying snappiness sort of thing. But look, man, that was the uh, that's when I was a middle schooler, right? I guess that's like... My 1978, in a weird kind of way, for better for worse. I mean, look, the 1998 was a lot lamer than 1978, probably. But, uh, but yeah, so I do, I like it from this point of nostalgia, both for seeing the movie. It was the first big screen Hollywood movie I saw. That fucking ending was just nuts. It still feels brave to this day, even though they kind of messed it up with the Resurrection. And yeah, I like going back to that world of, of 1998. And I still think that that opening sequence, man, might be my other than the original it might be my favorite halloween opening period Mm, once again i think that's how you use a supporting character and they don't keep her alive they dispose of her just like Halloween kills does with so many other characters but you get so much of who she is with these two kids it's kind of amazing to me like the economy of this movie constantly blows me away i wish it was actually i wish it was longer i wish we got more scenes of will and and carrie i could stand for the middle to be a little bit longer like see more of michael stalking around the Mm -hmm. campus but it's close to a perfect movie for me i just mm. i and i think today where bloat is the ma- one of the main characteristics of horror it's just refreshing to see i mean this isn't even like 90 minutes it's like 80 minutes right i think, I think it's like, like short, 82 83 short. yeah yeah Take the credits
0: like, away; it's like 75 minutes and i love mm-hmm. too. we talk about
1: easter eggs all the time right and i love how the easter eggs in this are just okay we have you know laura's mom being played by Lee. you hear a little sting of the psycho uh psycho theme you have Lori breathing at the end, like Michael, mm-hmm. yeah. which that is just enough to hint. Okay. Is this revenge making her into Michael? What does this actually mean? There's just enough of it in there for it to be mysterious and effective as opposed to Halle Green, which is just like they're showing all these parallels really explicitly, but they don't really say anything like in Halle Green. You're like, wait, so is Lori. My, it almost confuses it too much. I think where this, where it's just, there's just enough in there to make you think about it a bit. And, uh, yeah, I will always love this movie, man. I think I love it more and more each year.
3: Mac, I like parts of H two O. I think for, for me,
0: because <laughs> you had this at number seven. I think this is you had yeah, this the for lowest. For me, at, yeah. it's
3: just a little. Meh. I think the mask really kills the movie. I think <laughs> I don't really. I'm not really invested in the kids at all. I agree with Mike that it's you really are. The adults are where where it's at. I think this movie would have been awesome as a television series, like a mini series, like, and, and live with these characters and then you can develop the kids more and actually care because it's paced, it's paced like that. For me, it's, that actually is kind of slow. It's a long 80 minutes for me, but man, the ending, nothing beats that ending. I mean, that, that is, (laughs) that makes the movie, you know, it's like they could have F that up and they really nail it on the head and so I'm a little forgiving of some some other things within, but yeah, it, I mean, obviously it's a it's a time capsule. You know, it really does take me back to that time. Yeah, I, I don't know. As a Halloween film, I guess it feels like fall, but it doesn't feel like Halloween to me. I, I don't hmm. know. It's very stra- It's a strange movie, but uh, you know, it's still better than a lot of this other garbage. <laughs> <So> I, <laughs> I,
0: I love how, how much everybody here loves that ending me. as much well, as I, I. I mean, I. I get goosebumps even now. I know I know it's repetitive, but it's just a fact. The, the ending is so powerful. And not only is it, is it great, but it kicks in with the original oh, John yes. Carpenter score. It's yes. not some redo. It's not the Marko Beltrami version of it. It cuts right into that tick tick tick, tick score. It, I mean, I get chills thinking about the whole audience slowly clapping because they can't believe what they just saw. I going to it again Because Basically, right what happens in that movie <laughs> is the antithesis of what happens in Halloween when she drops the knife.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Where you're like, of course, you're gonna drop the knife. You gotta keep the movie and the franchise going. And for them to chop off his head, fuck resurrection. He's to me, he's dead at that moment. Yeah, he yeah. is dead. Every time I watch it, he's dead. I don't want to hear about paramedics. Um, and I can, I think this might be Jamie Lee Curtis's best performance in the series of all the movies. I think. Um, I think that the way more, they more so
4: than the original.
0: It, yeah, There's more they, to do. Like, yeah, yeah, she's more of a look. She is. Great. And she's more of a
4: pro at this point.
0: Hundred percent agree. She's great in the first one. I can't imagine anybody else playing the role. But this is obviously a heavier role at this point. No. And the way that they deal with the trauma in this one is done so much more believably,
4: mm-hmm.
0: with less "quote unquote" badassery that you get in twenty eighteen. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, she's trauma. also
4: really hot in this one too. You
0: know what's really upsetting to me though is I'm Vanderbilt. You and I are older than she is in this movie. Get
4: the fuck out of here. He it's a true story. Do that.
0: Yeah. We she, are older than her in this movie. How do uh, you feel about that? I don't,
4: why, why, Justin, why do you always do
3: that? Well, rock, we that, we <laughs>
0: would be rocking the cradle with Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. Why do basically. they do it? Why do they do it? <laughs> All right, Zach, last thing. God damn
4: kids.
3: <laughs> My last thing about the film is that I really, I truly feel like this still feels like Laurie. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I do yeah. not feel like we get Laurie in any of these new movies. Uh, it does not feel she does not feel like Laurie to me. I think it ends. Sweetie. I think it well, ends. Hold yeah, everything. Yeah. don't
0: talk about that yet. Maybe. <laughs> but I will say that the there was a genuine thrill, even as even as people who love continuity, when I found out that Jamie Lee Curtis, who was coming off of you know like True Lies a few years earlier, she was a big star. She hadn't done horror in almost twenty years. When we found out she was coming back, I mean, there was an excitement. We were all excited about that. I thought. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. this, you have to remember the Entertainment Weekly era of it all. I mean, yep. I so I was, you know, speaking from the front lines, because I was a 14-year-old with a fucking AOL <laughs> website dedicated <laughs> yeah. to this, so I was doing the news every day. It really was an event. I mean, this was this was a movie that was, uh, you, like you were saying, Vanderbilt, it was a summer blockbuster, and that summer was pretty stacked, and it was, you know, people were touting that as like the must-see movie of, of the summer to see, which is... For me, that was coming out of that as a franchise that had been relatively dead and dormant. I remember seeing Curse of Michael Myers, and I wasn't one fucking person in there. To, for, to that, to the 180 from that movie to this, within three years, it, it's unbelievable. And, and no one really thinks about that 23, 24 years later now at this point. But at the time, it's like you felt like as everyone in the world was talking about halloween which i mm-hmm. guess oh, yeah. kind yeah. of i guess halloween 2018 kind of did that but not nearly to the height that this was to that point i remember my mom and
4: my sister went to see it before i did i didn't see it till like a week after it came out and came home and told me how fucking good it yeah. was except for the guy with the laser pointer who was fucking around on the screen oh, the whole time mur- you're murder if you remember that era of oh, film yeah. going
0: well h2o like I said, for me, there's I think my my rankings from four to seven are on the same plane, and it's definitely up there. I enjoy it, flaws and all. I can still put it on and enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. God, I wish Michael felt older and had a different mask. That's that's my main, honestly, <laughs> yeah. my main complaint. If he, like you said, Rothman, if he had that of Michael Myers mask throughout. I think it's a totally different experience. Well, if it was the
2: Michael from Halloween 6, could you imagine?
0: Just keep bringing, bring Wilbur back for the third time. Make it, Wilbur. Oh, well. (laughs) Okay. So this is exciting for everybody at home. We have to give our top twos, and we still have four movies to talk about. Wow. How about that? This might be the most varied top twos of all the franchises we've done. I'm probably dead wrong when you really think about it, because there's so many other entries in those Friday and Nightmare entries. But anyway. Oh, my God. That was the whole Dan Caffrey, what is your second favorite Halloween movie? It would be Halloween Two Rob Zombie. No, I'm just no.
1: kidding. It's <laughs> 1981. We already talked
0: about Zombie. 1981's <laughs> Halloween Two, <II>. directed <laughs> by Rick Rosenthal. remember him. I mentioned him earlier. The top of, me, the bottom of the list, number two with a bullet. Halloween Two, 1981. Matt Gerber. And I want you to talk about it. What's your number three? Your number two? Excuse me.
3: Halloween too, baby.
0: Speak, speak on it.
3: I think that it's just, for me, this is like an ultimate one-two punch. I know that there is a little bit of Michael Myers becoming, I think this is where he becomes Terminator, but eh, I kind of like it (laughs) because we've already established (laughs) that he's more than human, right? It really does truly feel like it picks up the next, the same night. I like that it moves into the hospital. It's a new playground that we haven't seen I think that the score is out of this world. I think even though Laurie kind of takes a back seat, we get Bud. And <laughs> I- <laughs>
1: That's the whole Halloween. No, Halloween.
3: but I think you know Loomis is great. I I I do love the lingering on you know something else going on. Uh, I know it, it kind of lays the groundwork for everything that we don't like in the future movies, I guess, with Thorne and all that stuff with Sam Hain and all that uh, or Samway, whatever. But like, I don't know, just for me, it really, really, really works. I think Michael's really scary in this. Uh-huh. I love the way I love the way he walks and moves in this film. Uh, I love the the Night of Living Dead popping up every once in a while. I don't know. I just it, it, this movie feels like Halloween to me, like I would put this movie on Halloween night over the other films.
0: Hmm. Dan Kaffer, you also had this at number two.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I like what Max about the Terminator because this predates the Terminator, right? It does. So like like, three years. Maybe that's why it works in this movie because I agree. It, it expands the mythology of Michael Myers and the town just enough to where you buy it. Yeah, you're like, okay, how did he live through the first one? But you're like, you know what? There hasn't been 20 other movies yet, so I don't care. I'm just along for this ride. Um, I actually think Dean Cunney's use of light and camera work is Maybe even better in this one than the first one. I I think this is the best periphery Michael Myers that we mm-hmm. get, and that's because mm-hmm. of that big empty hospital. Yeah, there will be other employees and patients there. I don't give a shit. I like that it's this weird empty hospital. I was thinking too the other day. Actually, no, I'm gonna save that for when I talk about the original Halloween. Um, but yeah, and I, Justin, right? you Are you the one who said this is the f- is this the first slasher movie?
0: Yeah, are you, are you, I can. You want me to jump in or? Um, yeah, yeah, do, yeah. Take it. Yeah, over that, I mean, I, 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 I do. do don't f- to I feel like this isn't. But. If, if Friday the Thirteenth, okay, let's say Friday Thirteenth is the first slasher movie, and it's not Halloween. I think this is. I'll, I'll give. I'll give. I'll give you the high. The high praise first. I think this is the best slasher movie ever made. I think that Michael. This is Michael Myers as the scariest. Mm-hmm. E- even now, I think this is the one that still scares me more. I can. Ad- I admire a film we haven't talked about yet more. But just the scenes when you see Michael on the in the security camera and that black and white aimlessly yeah. walking the halls, ducking behind doors,
3: standing in the nursery,
0: saying the nursery. Caffrey, what you said about Dean Cundey's cinematography in this, I agree. I think it's, he's the MVP of the movie. In my, in my opinion, Dean Cundey is, I think it proves that you can make a Halloween movie with Jamie Lee Curtis just lying in the bed the entire time. Mm-hmm. I can go on and on. I think it's the best score of the series. I mean, I, I really do love this movie a lot. I mean, it's got its flaws, obviously, you know, it's, it's definitely does fall in line with the kind of goofier aspects of the slasher. It's not as fresh as the original one is, but I can still put it on. I enjoy it just as much now as I did when I first saw it decades ago. And because I'm the transition to you, Rothman, I, the first time I heard about Michael Myers was my mom. We were at a grocery store and the Halloween, Halloween movie was there on video cassette. And I said, "What's this?" And she said, "My mother told me it's about this killer who is trying to kill his sister." <laughs> so in my head, when I watched the first movie years later, I didn't even realize that that was a mystery until the second movie. So right. I that was just always in my head. It never the, the twist never bothered me because I never even realized there was a twist. Same same thing, Justin. Yeah. So, but anyway, I've said all I can say about Halloween Two. I really do love the movie. But uh, yeah. So Rothman, you still have this. This is number four for you, so I yeah. Know still, I mean, yeah. look,
2: I, I'd be fucking lying if I just said I didn't love this movie. I mean, this movie feels like John Carpenter's Halloween still, which is mm. something you yeah. can't say. It's still from the original team, and that's where I'm always at. I'm always the the OGs when it comes to any sort of franchising. But it's that twist, I, and, I, and it does bother me because it's like it's so unnecessary. You don't hmm. need it. You really don't need it. You just have to like just assume that he's going to go after the person he was stalking originally. That's it. That's all it has to say. And ever, otherwise, I agree 100% with everything you're saying. I, I think that it is the scariest Michael. I think Dick Warlock is the best Michael Myers. Sorry, Nick
0: Castle. I do, too. I, I should have said that, too. Yeah.
2: But it's I something do. that we just said on the original episodes is that the first one is Michael Myers. The second one is The Shape. And I agree mm. with that sentiment. And I do think that it's when you start getting into the lore of him and that he is terrifying. The reason why I don't consider him in the Terminator here is that he's in the shadows still. Mm. Like, no one's really fighting him, per se. You know, no, no one's like shooting him with a fucking machine gun and he's still walking. Yeah. Like, you don't get the, it's just. You don't
3: get the fireman sequence. Yet, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: Like, he's still stealthy and he's more stealthy in this one than, he, than any of the, the first one, really, if you think about it. At this point, he's actually kind of getting a little ballsy too. He's like walking down in fucking broad, uh, <laughs> like lit lit hallways. Just like, all right, yeah. dude, calm down. <laughs> I just, I just, I do love the the world building in this and. I just think of the idea of you're saying with like Jamie Lee Curtis in the hospital bed, you always do forget that she really does just sit in the hospital bed. And most of it is kind of like, it's like nine stories. It's like JD Salinger's nine stories with like all these different characters <laughs> like together. And I kind of love that about this movie. And that's I again, I just, you just don't need the twist. Just let it be. All right. Jamie's out. Here she is. And then, Lor Loomis finds a way. It's like, oh, what was going on at the hospital? Oh, go back to the hospital. That's all you need. You don't need to overcomplicate it. And then that's it. So for me, that's what it will always be the blemish for me. Um, for it be because it, it just turned the franchise into something that it didn't need to be. And so for me, I have to demerit that. But overall, oh my god, I love this movie. I just love it. And you're right, Mac. It is a total. It is purely Halloween. Like even down to like the fucking oh, kid yeah. coming in with her, his fucking blast razor blade. And shit. Yeah. yeah.
0: Fun Happy fact: Halloween. That kid is the same as Adrian Barbeau's kid in The Fog.
2: Oh, he's always into trouble. Trouble, trouble.
0: A little, a little <laughs> troublemaker. Vanderbilt, I heard you say that because we really haven't talked about Halloween too. I was on the commentary with you, and you were you were not you were a, a pre y at that time when we did this episode. But you also knew going into it that 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 they were related. So did that affect your opinion of the movie one way or the other?
4: You know, I, any adoration I have for this movie is pure nostalgia. Mm. And I used to rank this at number two. In fact, I think my original list may have even had this at number two. But to all your points about how this is the first slasher, uh, and I think you kind of almost say it like, you know, it's a positive. I almost feel that is all negative because I just think this movie... I, I, I Look, all the aesthetics. It looks great. The fact that they... You could cut this and the first movie together and it could mm. be a three-hour movie i mean it's kind of brilliant
1: it is yeah
4: yeah it's just so goddamn boring <laughs> to me especially <laughs> oh, yeah mm. oh, you see? love hangout
1: movies oh, it's, no. it's kind of a hangout movie it is a hangout movie yeah, yeah.
4: i i just I, yes, i do you're you're 100 right but i think you know when you have to put the critical hat uh the critical lens on everything i gotta go with my you know my colleagues here in chicago Gene Siskel, and, and say this is kind of the beginning of the end, uh, uh, or not? Like it, it brings in that slasher era of the '80s. That a lot of movie, a lot of movies from that era that I enjoy, but it's it's just such a shell of the original film that I I just don't adore it as much as four other films in the in the in the franchise. Three other I know. sequels. Well, it's
0: telling that that you Rather. how you feel about the series. You, you got this at number five, so I mean. <laughs> Uh yeah. Well, listen, if you want to align yourself with Siskel Liebert's take on horror movies, then you're more than welcome to. We'll let you have the lane. No, no problem <laughs> here. Uh, So, yeah, so there's there's our takes on Halloween, too. We still have some more movies to get to. It's uh three movies to get to, as a matter of fact. Rothman, what's your second favorite movie, and talk about it.
2: Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and God, do I have to? We just spent... <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> two hours talking we with Darcy really about have it. to at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, mean what,
2: what else? What else is there to say? I mean, for me, it's 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 the ultimate what if in in all of franchise history. It's just what if this was the second one? What if this actually was a success? What if we were still getting anthological Halloweens? Would we be better off as a society? <laughs> would <laughs> Hollywood be better off? Probably. I I love this movie to death. I love the score. It's pro. It's still. <laughs> God damn it. I, I, the original score it's is so there. fucking perfect, but it's up there. It's up there. Yeah. Um, Atkins is great. The aesthetic is just fucking brilliant. So much so that I would argue that the aesthetic of this movie is ultimately what is, is uh driven it into its uh, success story. The, the rags to riches that it's become at this point where everyone loves it. Now, I think it's purely aesthetic aesthetic. Everyone loves those, those three colors. Case in point, McDonald's buckets. Everyone's chasing after these fucking buckets. Well, they're the same fucking colors as the masks in this movie. I think there's something mm. psychological about that, but it's also just weird. It's a weird fucking movie. Like when, like, you know, Deborah Hill pitched it as computers and witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Give me more of that. Just give me more of that, that, that sort hey. of ingenuity.
0: Yeah. I know you guys are probably so burned out in talking about yeah. this. Cause you just did a, a commentary with Darcy, the Mail girl yeah. from the, the last drive with Joe Bob. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But I have to ask for some more words from, from Caffrey, even though you were on that episode about no, I, uh, this movie.
1: I actually really like what Mike said about style because that weirdly also, and I already love this film, but it up to my ranking of Halloween ends because I think we've seen it all from these movies, right? And I said this since the beginning of the podcast, any Halloween movie worth its salt, I want atmosphere. Yep. And then I think style is a different thing on top of that. Like style is like coolness. Style is neon. Style is the synth music, right? And I think this movie has both of those things. Like rewatching this time with Darcy, I kept thinking, I'm like, man, I just love the way this movie looks. I love the way it sounds. I love being in this world. And that kind of divided the Halloween films into two separate camps for me. You have this one, you have Halloween 2, you have the original, you have Halloween Ends. Honestly, even Halle Green didn't necessarily up my rating of that, but it did make me appreciate it from a directorial standpoint a little bit more. Cause I do think Halle Green has some style to it as well, even the zombie films, but then the other ones that are a little bit lower on my list, like five and, and even four, which I like, but is lower than some of y'all's. I think it's because they just feel a little, no pun intended, shapeless and lumpy in terms of the visuals to me. And I think that's like, you cannot argue with the, just this movie's flair. Um, and maybe that's a dumb reason I like a movie, but yeah, just uh, maybe I'm just becoming cooler, you know. I listen to Chromatics, I uh, get, get a leather jacket and uh,
0: give me a motorcycle, like, like a real Corey, Corey Cunningham, Caffrey
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cunningham. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, Mac, I think I feel like we probably watched this together, like on WGN, thirty years yeah. ago for the first time. But yeah, your thoughts yeah, on? it. Uh,
3: so my my top five are all really close together. I mean, I love Halloween three, and I agree with Mike. This is the the ultimate what if I think it really works as an anthology. I think they really could have leaned into this and continued and it would, I think it would have stood out a lot more. I think it falls midway here for me because it is, a, it is an anthology piece. It's not Michael Myers and that what is it, what became the franchise is Michael Myers. They went back to it and you know, it, it works against itself in that sense. But I still really love it. I love Tom Atkins in this movie. I think it. this movie feels like Halloween too. I think my top three feel like Halloween the most, you know? Mm. And the score is great. Uh, I'm just echoing now at this point, but I don't know. There's something weird about it. And I think that that is something that has always shined in, in, in the franchises. It gives me something weird over boring, over, mm. you know, a retread, remake, whatever. Just try something And if it's really strange, it'll stick in your
1: brain. Uh, Weird. Just don't put a mask on. You'll be fine. Yeah. Keep thinking of John Candy and Little Shop of Horrors.
0: (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Love it. Vanderbilt, you like weird movies. I do. Uh, (laughs) You got this pretty high up on your rankings here, too. How do you feel about these days?
4: You know, it's original. It's Mm. weird. I've always been a fan enough. But Mm. I... Don't think it deserves a lot of the accolade. Oh, not, okay. I to take the back. I don't want to say it deserves. I don't think enough people kind of point out that this is a flawed movie in the sense that I think it really only has two memorable sequences: the sequence with the the snakes and the bugs, and the ending. I think it's kind of like I don't want to say ineptly directed, but it's just kind of there's not a lot of style to direction. I don't think, and I think that's. Unfair. It, it, it's not Emily Wallace is following up John Carpenter I mean hmm. also Rick Rosenthal but it's always going to be compared to the original right but I just don't think he's that good a director and I don't think that this movie necessarily works as a whole but that said it's an excellent cult midnight movie and I think that's all it needs to be because it, it, would, be, it would be a true cult picture if it wasn't part of the Halloween franchise because it probably would have came and went and been largely forgotten because it only, to me, it only has those two really memorable sequences, but ultimately that's better than anything in <laughs> Halloween two for me, or like four and five.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I look, and I, for years and years, we've discussions with many people on this podcast about how I felt that there were only three great scenes. And that was, when the journalist gets her face blasted off yeah, the, the zap that shocked the hell out of me when I was a kid, especially yeah. Yeah, thumbs
4: up to that one. Um, yeah.
0: and then the kids and the kid with the mask on in the very ending, of course, but rewatching it as an adult, um, which I've seen a couple times over the years, but really focusing on it last year for the first time in a long, long time by myself at night, Halloween season, three things stood out. The strength of now being able to watch it in letterbox. Adds oh, a whole new yeah. dimension and literal inches to the movie in a way that <laughs> it just you just weren't getting when you're watching a WGN in 1992. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a different experience there. And now that I'm a little more patient with a lot of my movie watching because we're getting bombarded with images, especially in something like Halloween Kills where there's just way too much going on, I love the feel of kind of what the movie that was inspired by it. it's the feel of the invasion of the body snatchers Yeah. in which Tom Atkins and Stacey Nelkin, I can't remember. I fucking, I remembered her name. I can't believe it. <laughs> They're going around town, just trying to figure it out. And the, the pacing of that was so welcoming to me as, as a, as a 40 something at this point. And then that score is so good. And that score induces dread in a way that I don't know yeah. if many other carpenter ones do. I think you could argue there are superior scores. Specifically, I'm thinking about The Fog, which I do think is a creepy score. But the dread of the beeping and the mm. Season of the Witch score really, really stands out to me um, years later. And, yeah, that's why I think this, for me, is a definitive uh, third favorite. For years, I probably had—I mean, I know I had Return, even H2O— over this, but this has really aged well. And to your point, Venerable, I think I made this point too many times. When the movie comes out and is hated, in 10 years, people will say, actually, it was pretty good. And then 10 years after that, people say, actually, it was the best. This always happens. It's it's, 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 cyclical, it's, it's cyclical. And right. I'm sure it'll be happening, by the way, with a certain movie we're about to talk about. <laughs> I think right now I'm at the point where I'm just, I think it's a good movie and yeah, and, and I think we're also we live in a society where we have to apologize for thinking something is simply good, which is a whole other podcast we can do one day. But there we go,
4: nothing wrong with being good.
0: Nothing, nothing is wrong with being good when there's so much shit out there. There's nothing wrong with just being a good. Put it movie. on a button. You know what? Put on the button, Vanderbilt. I'm leaving it up to you. Okay. Something else I'm going to leave up to you, Vanderbilt, is to lead the next discussion on your second favorite. <laughs> Halloween film. Now, let me preface this by asking you this question. Let me launch you into this. Yeah, absolutely. Is there, any way in hell, this. is there any way in hell, what, 16, 17 days ago, you would have been saying the following, that your second favorite Halloween movie is?
4: My second favorite Halloween movie is Halloween Ends. And now, Justin, I can't find a tweet. I can't find a timestamp. But do you recall hmm. when you were cracking wise about I sure how do. I was going to adore this movie? Yep, I did. And you were correct. And who else adores this movie? Everybody, Everybody in this in room podcast. right now. Yes,
5: you're
0: right. You're right.
4: Um uh, look, I So to I, be fair, I don't, I
0: don't stand corrected.
4: You're correct. You're one yeah, you're 100 percent what I'm trying to say is you were one hundred percent right. Yes, yes. Uh look, we did we did uh we did three hours on this movie. We sure and did. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't rewatched sure it did since and uh I don't know when I will perhaps next year for a watch long. Hmm. So we'll see how this ranking holds up, but I don't think anybody who's ever followed me on Twitter or listened to me talk about the Halloween sequels in general would deny that. I've always thought that the sequels were mostly shit uh, and that I've been waiting for a good Halloween sequel for uh, 42 years, you know, and I finally got one One that's interesting and weird, like Halloween season of the witch, but also, you know, continues the story of michael myers and laurie strode but also takes its chances with what it wants to do and uh kind of dares the audience a little bit to to hate it but it's hard to do if you're really looking for like some pathos and some gravitas and a horror in in a halloween figure and i think and i made this uh assertion on i made this assertion in the middle of a bunch of other really off-base wild assertions that i made on twitter this week about how this is the most elevated horror movie a24 never released and about how there were these filmmakers will be t- definitely taking home oscar
0: uh that was some you know, good trolling going on there i thought no, pretty thank good.
4: you uh but i do think that uh this is very similar it, that halloween ends is similar to There's been a lot of comparisons to the Halloween uh, reboot to Star Wars, and I think this one is close to Solo, which we brought up earlier, in that it captures the spirit of that original movie a little bit, in the sense of it being kind of a hangout picture for the first half. Uh, The shocking opening that you get that's actually truly shocking. And I think for people forget how shocking that original opening the 1978 one is, because you think it's a mad stalker, Mm then you realize it's a child.
0: Yeah, we and forget that definitely.
4: It was something I was just talking about the other day. I just think it's it's cool and it's weird, and uh, I I really dig it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I Mac, you can go after I go real quick here, but I've only seen it the once. I saw it in theaters, and I won't get too repetitive here because I do think people should listen to it. Well, the great thing about this episode that we recorded, if we can, if I may be so bold as to pat ourselves on the back, is a lot of people have reached out saying that they disagreed with us in a lot of ways but they still like the episode. And uh, that's honestly, that's the biggest compliment you can get is if somebody disagrees with you, but still enjoys uh, it.
4: Let me jump in real quick, Justin and say, my favorite responses have been the ones where people say our episode made them
0: reconsider it. That, and that's good conversation. I think that we, that we had for a movie that we had only seen in, in, in Rothman's case, 30 minutes before we start recording. <laughs> but uh, I just want to say that once again, I knew something was different from the first five minutes. And that was a sense of patience, a sense of not feeling the need to be bombarded by score and just kind of letting the scenes unwind in a way that David Gordon Green had not done in the first two movies. And now, again, there's some, there's some relationship dynamic issues I've got with the movie. Apparently, the, the one that's coming to streaming or later on this year is going to be 10 minutes longer. I'm wondering if that will actually enhance the movie even more. Hopefully that's not just violent scenes, but actual, you know, relationship building between Corey and Lori, and Corey and, um, oh my God, what's her what's her name? Granddaughter, Allison, Allison, granddaughter, granddaughter, granddaughter. Watches the granddaughter. Uh, could you grand forget daughter. her name? How could you forget? her uh, Well, I know Andy Medaichek's name, my friend. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. I, and I just remember again in the opening credits, thinking, "Oh, this is going to be different." I'm thinking, "Oh my God, is this actually going to be good?" Because we went into this, I, I certainly did thinking this was not going to be anything. Uh, folks, I, I beg that you listen to our Halloween Ends episode if you haven't already. And hell, if you have, you listen to it again. Those numbers. <laughs> people do that. People I know. and People don't care that. about repeat. They probably have. Apple haven't. doesn't care about that. Listen to it again. Mac, your feelings, because once again, I think we all had this in our top. We have this number six. So yeah, go ahead.
3: Yeah. But again, like I said, everything's pretty close there. Uh, spoiler alert! That I I know what the next ten minutes are going to be of the uh, of the re-release. It's mm. it's a, it's a much longer procession at the end <laughs> <laughs> <There's> <laughs> on the everyone. streets of Haddonfield. No, uh, this movie should not work. By all means, it should not work, and it does. And ah, it gets under my skin. <laughs> I love it. I love it on, in that in that respect. Uh, all the Corey Cunningham stuff. All the memes we've been putting out there, I'm just like eating it up. I love it. I love scoring this with all this '80s bullshit. <laughs> it's like it's just, it's so weird. I'm, I'm not mad that I like the movie. Uh, again, it's that swing. Give me something interesting. Give me something new to hang on to and 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 ride on. I'm gonna hop on that motorbike. You know, <laughs> uh, behind behind Corey, I just feel like. The only reason this is so low for me on my list uh under all those others i just i kind of tired with the Lori Michael stuff in this movie and that is the thing that drags it for me anytime we check in with Lori and the cherry blossoms or whatever like <laughs> I, I don't think that that's done poorly i actually don't mind that but it's just i'm like where's Corey and allison and I think that again, like and I said this on the episode, that it's plagued by the past characters, it's plagued by the history of it. Let the new characters, let it actually truly be a new thing. I'm so we, I'm so tired of these legacy sequels at this point. Like let's just give new give the kids growing up now new franchises where they can latch on to like and let them let it be theirs. If everything that we watched when we were kids was a legacy sequel, like I, I just don't think that works. I don't think we'd be watching these things like we are now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I feel. But I, I do, I do really enjoy it. Uh,
0: so weird, Caffrey. I know you saw it by yourself, and I, I think you said that during the entire movie you were enjoying it so much, and you were afraid that we were all going to hate it. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I really was. On
1: the way home, I'm like man, I hope the guy. I'm like, you know, I got, I can obviously take a difference in opinion. Um, I definitely like kills more than others, but I was like, oh, it's gonna be a bummer if like no one, if ever. If, I was thinking. If everyone hates this as much as kills, that's going to be a not fun episode for me, probably. And I don't know if people in my screening loved it or didn't. It seemed to be pretty divided. But hey, I like a dividing horror movie. I like a polarizing horror movie. I've said that ad nauseum on Twitter the past couple weeks. I have rewatched it, and I'm about a third of the way through the novelization. And I will say, novelization does have a lot more character building. And even between um, Allison and the cop, and you find out more about Corey's backstory, I don't know if we'll get those scenes, but they do have a lot of scenes between the two movies that are very interesting. Yeah, I threw this movie on a a couple days later because I'm like, you know, maybe I was caught up in the hype. And I was like, I liked it even more the second time. I do agree with you all that I wish this would have been the start of a new trilogy and that we would keep going in the way that I think the Scream franchise is going to keep going after sucking us into these new characters that uh, were in the fifth movie. But look, I have to meet the series where it's at. Um, I have to meet it on its own terms. And the fact that we came went from kills to this, mm. like some of our favorite, one of our, all of our favorite sequels in the franchise is hey, something I just didn't think would happen. I feel like it's a really impressive feat. I just get sucked into this movie. That's the best way I can describe it. Once again, it goes back to the style. It goes back to the vibe of it. I actually enjoyed the Michael Laurie stuff a little bit more this second time around. Once again, I would have been also awesome been fine if Michael is just an afterthought and it was focused more on Corey, but I think the movie reconciles what it promised with those first two films and then forges ahead and does its own thing. Yeah, I I mean I I don't know. I this sounds so dorky and fanboyish, and I hate when people talk like this usually, but it does feel really nice just to be kind of reveling in the love I have for this movie over the past few yeah. weeks. Because once again I did not think it was gonna happen and I and just I, I can appreciate any Halloween sequel for what it is, but I'm like, man, this just feels like a breath of fr- a breath of fresh
0: motorcycle exhaust for me oh. right in my face. I love it, man. Ralph, I want to go to your point too, but I got to say that, you know, again, I think a lot of people think that we enjoy when these movies suck. And we just want to rip into them. It's exhausting. I <laughs> think it's exhausting. I, I, no. I, mm-hmm. I, the memes are hilarious. We love doing a good meme of Sartain and stuff like that, but I would, I would, I would much rather come out being surprised right. like I was with this movie. I'm having such a much better time being online just saying I like this movie as opposed to oh my god, this movie sucks, you know? And, and, and don't get me wrong. I, I personally think Halloween Kill sucks and i and I made my point. But you know. Anyway, sorry, but let me Vanderbilt, yeah, go ahead. The memes are still good though. Oh, I agree. Oh my god, the memes yeah, it's even fun, watching yeah. it, I thought much fun when was. you like the movie. Who knew? Yeah. Rothman <laughs> We've talked about this, but the ending of this movie, didn't, it, didn't the ending of this movie, uh, I should say the final fight between Michael and Lori, it almost feels like a redo, a make good from the Halloween 2018 final fight yeah. in a lot of ways.
2: I mean, it, it's you know three times uh, the charm, right? You know, it did, <laughs> right. didn't work. Didn't work in H2O. Didn't work in 2018, and now it works here. Hell, it didn't work, um, in II, did know, it work in
0: Halloween 2 1981.
2: Didn't work in Halloween I wouldn't really know? necessarily say there's a fight so much in Halloween 2, but more of a chase. You know, that's so true, I give that's that, true. that the I give that the credit there, but. Yeah. You know, I felt something and I, and I'll be honest with you. I wasn't going to be on the Halloween ends episode. I was done. I I was, I I even said beginning of this month, I said, I don't really want to revisit a lot of these movies. I'm kind of fried. And I'm just, I'm just, I've just been tired a lot lately this year, but especially going into this franchise, I just felt that I, I, I didn't really have any more to say if I was going to hate it. And I think about a week ahead of time, kind of reading up a little bit about it and i was like something's up about this i just had a feeling and it was really awesome to have that feeling sort of built upon and restored and like sort of um uh commended and and basically brought to life by watching this movie that i was enjoying like it was the first time i i felt thrills from a halloween movie since 1998 and you know a lot of this is probably recency bias because i had this at three Above Halloween 2, which I'm sure in about a, uh, about a year, I'll be like, what are you, you fucking nuts? But <laughs> the thing I love about this movie is, is that, you know, we talk about swings all the time, but, you know, it really doesn't matter if you don't care. And I care. And, like, the thing that's wild is that, like, even just after we finished recording that episode, I rewatched it again with Sammy, literally only two hours after I had just seen it in theaters, and I didn't get bored. I was still invested in all the characters, and I liked it even more. And I felt even more depressed about the Corey Cunningham arc, like walking out of it. And um, and that's a lot. I mean, that's a hell of a 180. It's a hell of a fucking 180. And that's uh, more of a 180 than I would argue than The Curse of Michael Myers, because I've just been pulled into that. Mm. Whereas this one just ultimately won me over big time. And so I have it at, you know, number three. Because I just think it's the most original sequel since the, since Season of the Witch. And I and I keep thinking about it. Like, when the yeah, fuck yeah. do you do that with same, anything same. anymore? I mean, that's the thing. It's not, even beyond the Halloween movies, like, when do you think about anything? Everything's so fucking digestible and and shout out, like, when you don't even think about it anymore. Like, I think of all the movies that I would even still give it three and a half, four stars this year. And I don't think about them as much as I do with this one. And I don't know. There's something to be said about that. And so I, I appreciate all the stuff that went into this, I do think that has its flaws As Mac outlined a bunch of them. I I do think that there's a stronger, sharper ending there, but eh, you got a lot (laughs) right to get to get a lot right here. You got to do a lot of, you know, Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a a success story in my,
4: my, my on the subject of the ending. May I ask everybody a question that's been on uh, the tip of all of our listeners tongues. Do you guys read? David Gordon Green's original idea. Oh God, I, I hate it. For an it. ending for this film, in which you cut to the Silver Shamrock Factory and it's pumping out masks, uh, pumpkin witch skull, and then it starts pumping out Michael Myers masks.
1: Yeah, I hate. I'm it. glad they didn't do that. Yeah. I didn't know about that I just, actually. See, just, I, I
4: I don't think it fits the movie, but I do think that would, again, another all timer of a Halloween ending. I think it would be pretty cool, but ultimately thematically would it work?
3: But to what movie? Yeah. Like if that's it, the thing, it, what, it would add them in a completely different movie for that to really work for me. That
4: would work at the end of kills. I like think. if they were yeah. remaking
1: Halloween three, and they did that That would be kind <laughs> yeah. of fun. Don't right? put that like, out there for God's do, sakes. Don't put that out there. Do you guys, and I know if it's the last movie to get to, I, cause I feel like I feel a love for this movie among us, obviously, but then on Twitter, there seems to be a lot of people, Instagram, whatever. It is funny because the Letterboxd score is still like two point three, and yeah. like I, I guess I'm just curious, like how does the greater public feel about it? I'm just I curious what the like. I remember is seeing be.
0: it, and here, here's the bottom line: is that I feel like, because um, you know, I hate doing, it. I hate like prescribing people's opinion, especially like a great swath of human beings. To like, but yeah, to I, Twitter I think that if you yeah. liked, if you genuinely liked the Halloween or Halloween Kills, you're going to hate this movie. I really do feel that way because it is yeah, such a 180. Yeah, I think so. And whereas yeah. I'm such a stickler for continuity, because I hated Halloween Kills so much, I was just aching for anything. Fuck continuity. Fuck tone of the, the previous entries. Just do something else. Just do something else. And this movie did it. And some people my home might be like, well, Rob Zombie takes a big swing in Halloween 2, his Halloween 2, and David Gordon Green takes a big swing cool. here, but you like this, but you don't like that. Well... Let me do a little baseball analogy. It would be like if David Gordon Green is Aaron Judge and Rob Zombie's Patrick Wisdom. I mean, who do I want taking the big swing and who's (laughs) Mm. more likely to make contact? There's your inside baseball information for you. Okay. I cannot believe we all enjoyed still Halloween Ends. It might be the most surprising movie of the year, honestly, in my opinion. I'm very curious to monitor without interfering the public response as the years go Uh. on. Honestly, as the decades so. go on. So
4: uh may I add, like uh just having worked around the bar and you know, people coming in and talking about mm. it, uh, the general consensus of you know, people who you know aren't don't live and breathe this like we do, kinda sorta of dig it.
0: Yeah, sure. Good. Well I'm happy, you know. I'm happy
4: like, to believe th- it. There are a lot of people who commented on our post with the two stickers mm-hmm. about loving and hating it, who like, why can't I have one that just says it's okay? Yeah. Which as we said, it's okay to be okay. But it's kind of taken the piss out of how you have to define. Uh,
0: that's the the bit which I love. Personality
4: by whether you love or hate this movie.
2: Talk about an end, like guys. Halloween ends is number two in our ranking. Like it's fucking, but it's it's wild. Well, it's just really number two. I know, but really, like in in this yeah. list though that we're <laughs> well, ta- discussing exist. right now, on well, this list that we're going right here, it's it's fucking wild that that's even happening. Yeah, yeah. Like, we like, contain multitudes. Yeah. We've transcended. We yeah.
3: have. You would have. You would have thought <laughs> it would have been the second minutes. movie we talked about, right? Yes. You would have exactly, thought it would have yeah. been the second movie. I would have thought
0: three weeks ago <laughs> that this would be like number thirteen or number twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me,
4: okay. You guys think it's guys, silly for me to have it in second place? Well,
3: you don't like this franchise, so I absolutely <laughs> will. Yeah, yeah, have it fourth, man. will probably go up <laughs> Here's here's what yeah. I
2: think is interesting that I was I was thinking about while Vanderbilt was talking is that. What, about his oh, thoughts you were about, about ants. No, I was I was listening to you, and this is what I was I was getting out of it. Me and you have always had this a lot of the same jokes, and one of the things that we always say is is that the letterbox thing. Now, for the longest time, I used to just I was always say, like, "Oh, the only Halloween movie I really love is the, fir- is, the is the first yeah. one," because I always think that, yeah. that that's all you could have is just the first movie. And so, for me and you who have long held those thoughts, <laughs> to have this film in the highest in our rankings here. I mean, that's the fucking poll quote. Sorry. You, you, know, you should pull that out, Blumhouse. You have the hard, most ardent fucking cynical assholes about this franchise <laughs> that love your movie. Sorry. And anyone, any listener who's going to sit here and, and piss and fucking give us a one star review about that, th- look, look, there are 180s in this podcast too. So th- that's proof go. of it right there. So,
0: okay. Well, let's be 100% honest here. This, we all agree. The 1978 Halloween is the best Halloween movie. In some cases, some of us think that maybe it should be the only movie. We don't have to go into too much detail here, okay? Oh. What is there really left? This is, this is honestly kind of like, what's your favorite band? Well, I'm like, well, the Beatles don't count. Yeah. This honestly, to me, it feels like this about this franchise. Like, I, yeah, it's Halloween, but I really don't have anything else to say about it. Well, Not personally, just I,
4: I have a question for everybody that okay. I wanted to build off. Yeah, to okay, that. let's
0: do this. Let's let's break protocol. Ask the question. This will be our talk about Halloween.
4: Is there any first film in any of the big horror franchises that you would place above Halloween? No. This
0: is easily the best of any of the franchises that we will ever cover. Uh Unless we cover Exorcist. No, it's the Leprechaun. I would
4: would place... I would... Leprechaun. (laughs) Maybe place... No, hold on. I would maybe place the original Nightmare on Elm Street above Halloween. Look, I give both a
0: 10 out of 10 for me. But I still think Halloween is better than Nightmare on Elm Street.
4: I, it's fair. I, yeah. I, it's it's yeah. a tough... It's a Sophie's Choice kind of situation. The only exactly. one that comes it's close like for me.
3: This is a film that I'm, you know, I'm a slave to. Like, I could be, like, really burnt out on it. Watch. I've seen it a bunch the year before or whatever. And just... what. If I see that the movie's on or I hear the movie in the background, I get sucked into it. And I leave it on and I watch it. It's just yeah nothing's better it just really holds up it does not get old to me uh you know every time you put it on someone's like oh, oh you want Halloween? halloween oh, okay you put it on it, immediately you're just uh-huh. like enraptured because it's just so good it looks great sounds great everybody's good in it the the dialogue's so fun uh, it's scary it's truly scary and that ending i i don't know yeah
0: you no know, one was you, uh yeah, you've always oh, sorry, hated this one, but um, <laughs> yeah. you you
1: come along. No, you come around. Favorite movie of all time. <laughs> and yeah, of course I rewatched it this year. Not and not just a background watch, but I'm, like, I'm gonna sit down and I know we're going into the season and I knew the new movie was coming out. I really wanted to just get absorbed in it. Cause I think it's easy to dismiss it some not dismiss it, but just like kind of not pay attention to it. And for the very first time, I'll try and make the story too long. For the very first time watching this movie, I thought about I'm like, wait, how how the fuck is Michael, he drove to Annie's house and then we see the car back near his house, right? That's what's supposed to be going on because Loomis is just, mm-hmm. wa- like Loomis is not in walking distance, uh, at least what we've come to know of, of the two babysitting houses. And I started like, I kind of just started doing these mental gymnastics about it. And then I said, and then I said, I, I don't care. I, and I started thinking about it too. I'm like, you know what? This movie actually is not a very realistic movie at all. And I don't mean for the, reasons that horror movies aren't realistic because she, oh, she drops the knife or whatever else i mean more that it feels like this kind of dream because even if you look at the lighting in it and we've talked about this in the podcast but when tommy looks out and sees the silhouette of michael myers slash the boogeyman it's lit differently when he's there than when he's not there like it's almost like theater lighting all of a sudden like or like brahm stoker's dracula you see these like pools of light and I don't think that's because that's what they had and that's the solution. Same thing with when Annie gets killed. You, they fog up the window. Okay, you could argue that so we don't have to see her throat get cut. But I'm like, no, I think there's this intentionality to make this movie feel like a suburban dream, which obviously becomes a suburban nightmare. And it feels hazy and nostalgic. And I think I think at least Dean Cundey and Carpenter were aware of that. And because of that, because it feels like this kind of fantasy thing, I think that's why I've literally watched this movie almost 30 years straight multiple times a year now and only just now was bugged by the car
0: situation well like, I've, I've never say, thought of that yeah. before we get That's, to mike yeah. it's Dan, actually if you look even closer not to once you get to put this in your head I know. it's maybe the one misstep in terms of direction because the car is actually much farther down the further down the street than it looks like when he's when you, the shot of loomis looking over it's not right. Yeah. It's not ten yards away from it. It's actually much further down the street. Like, but they just do a bad yeah. job of of capturing that. Well, anyway. But even that kind of feeds into this dream logic. Like that's something you would see. In, I I know it gets quoted
1: misquoted all the time or miscited all the time. But it's like you it something you would see in a Lynch film. Like this sure. kind of this distortion of perspective. But but even if it is right there, it still is. Wait, Myers drove the car to Annie's oh, house I know, and somehow I know walked. But but once yeah. again, that it doesn't matter because I don't care because it's like Mac was saying. I just get enraptured every single time this movie comes on and i i can't think of it i mean i love a lot of different horror movies but i cannot think of another one that's it's so enchanting to me so that's that's the the revelation i had this year
0: i think when i rewatched it this year i watched it with the i think the late 90s commentary with jamie lee curtis and john carpenter which is excellent by the way it's really fun it's really great and just watching it again through that lens through them watch basically through their eyes you know it did give me an even greater appreciation of the time in which it was made because i thought to myself if you broke this movie down frame by frame it's not how you make a horror movie now but it's how you made a horror movie then and like it set the template in so many ways of like the perfect horror movie for a 1978 audience it's just it's just a perfect movie to me i don't even its imperfections are perfect. Like you said, Dan, like it, it doesn't matter some of the logic choices or how the, how can he drive a car. You know, I mean, I don't care. It, you, you get so swept up in the mood of the movie and, and just the shape itself in, in broad daylight and obviously in the nighttime later on. Look, we've said so much about this original, but Brofman, is there anything else you want to add before we move on to the actual rankings here?
2: Well, I was sitting here thinking about like how many times have I talked about why this movie's great. You know, yep. I've, I've I've written about it for everywhere. I've written for Time, I've written about it for Consequence. Er, you know, everywhere. And I could dive into the themes. I could dive into the strengths and whatever. And as I was doing that, and I was sitting here, I realized something that I I almost like kind of, you know, just get a little emotional about it. Is that this movie really is like the Rosetta Stone for my life, like. And I think about it. I was just, I was just saying to my dad the other day, and I said, you remember dad, when you used to give me shit and think I was going to be some (laughs) like fucking psychopath because I kept watching Halloween, like all throughout the year, millions of times. Now it's paying the bills. And I'd made a joke about it with him. And he was just like laughing and he's like, well, you know, you, you tend to do that with your hobbies. But then I was thinking about it just now. And it really has led me to everything that has been so important in my life. Like I, I, I think about like, I wasn't really writing, but I loved Halloween and I wanted to start a newsletter. So I started a newsletter and I got into writing and I started learning about publishing like my father did. I created a website from you know with Halloween through dot and training myself in HTML and spending summers and summers. Even when I had birthday parties, I'd have people come over and I'd just be working on the website. And then <laughs> and then that led me into like web de- website designing and then it led me into like my obsession with horror movies and then going to college and meeting all of you and this being like the the, the the connective tissue for me to know you know to bond with bill and caffrey and and mac and all, all of you and then for us to build on that and then that bound us together to becoming friends and just talking about stupid lines that were, that only us would talk about. Go home Lee. (laughs) And, and, and it's like little things like that. Like, yeah, like that, that, like I remember when, when I first heard one of you guys say one of those lines and it was just like, like people actually think about that stuff. Like that's wild. And like that, I, I felt it with you guys. I felt it with Vanderbilt. I felt it with everyone. And like, and then we started this podcast. And so like, you know, I can sit here we all sat here and talk about how great this movie is and I, and I think that it is the, the Beatles thing but it's also for me it's, 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 it's such a fucking personal weird thing about it that has that just become this fucking glue this fucking 88 minute movie from 1978 has become this insane glue in my life and like I don't know I guess some people might consider that pathetic but I, I just think it's cool I just think it's neat and it's like it's, it's, it's ultimately what I'll probably think about on my deathbed Is the is I'll think of man, that blue (laughs) that Dave Cundy had in the and the Meyer sauce is really fucking cool. And it was neat that David Gordon Green was able to kind of replicate that in kills. Maybe that was a positive that I should have outlined in the kills part of the rankings (laughs) in twenty twenty-two. Like that'll be my last thought. But it's always Halloween. I'm looking at my house. It's fucking Halloween figures everywhere. Looking behind me, there's fucking Halloween plaque. It's just it's always Halloween. And so it's always been in my life. And for us to Anyway, I'm, I I digress.
0: Sorry, but that's, that's well, Look, that's, where I, that's, that's why that's that's why this is
2: number one. <laughs> like
0: that's great for me. This, pod, this podcast wouldn't exist if it wasn't for yeah. Halloween. You know, that's just yeah. a fact.
1: If Halloween kills is your last thought, then it is like Halloween kills. Halloween killed you. <laughs> yeah,
0: true. That is very true. And I
4: transcend. Rothman transcends. Yeah. Now say Halloween kills
0: Michael Myers the Rothman. <laughs> uh, as, we, as, we, as we do a callback. Oh. Okay, look, we all love Halloween. What can I possibly add to that? It was very well said, Mike. It's all true. It's all true. It's all true. I loved it. It's true. So it. I now I've got the numbers for our official overall rankings of the Halloween franchise. Let's run it down. Number 13... Sorry, Vanderbilt. Halloween resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I mean, Can't believe, you. Can't believe our you. bullet. <laughs> and now these next three were very close, but number 12. Oh, hi- wild card. What can I say? Number 12 is Halloween Kills. And then we have a tie. But I broke the tie. Number 11 is Halloween 5, The Revenge oh. of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. And it's beaten by Halloween 2007 by Rob Zombie because more of us had Halloween. Rob Zombies Halloween ahead of Revenge of Michael Myers. So that's the tiebreaker. Okay, so then we get into number nine. Halloween Green. 2018, number nine. Then Rob Zombies, Halloween two. Sorry, Caffrey, at number eight. That's higher than I thought it would be. It's, it's 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 very close to Halloween back, actually. And then we've got a big jump. These were very close. But Halloween curse of Michael Myers is number seven, just beaten by Halloween. The return of Michael Myers. You can thank Vanderbilt's re-ranking uh, a couple hours ago for that, by the way. It was a different a little while Which, ago. Return is now ahead of Curse at number six. So there you go. And then we got a big jump here. Uh, Halloween H2O at number five. Halloween ends from 2022 <laughs> is number four in our overall oh, yeah. rankings. If oh, you can believe love it. Love it. Wow. And then we've got Halloween 3, Season of the Witch at number 3. Another startling revelation you think about the history of these movies and, and the fan base. Number 2 is Halloween 2 from 1981. And, of course, Halloween is number 1. So, what a great month. We always love October because we get to go kind of go back to Haddonfield. And I don't say rehash. I say revisit. Because I'm always happy to revisit these movies. Specifically, you know... The, the good old-fashioned Trankus International ones. But uh, look, before we go, when well, we're signing off here, let's all give the amount of years we think it will be. No explanation of what, will, of what it will be, but how many years do you think it will be before we get another Halloween movie? But before we do that, we want to definitely encourage people out there to definitely check out our Patreon. It's uh, pa- patreon.com backslash if you think we got a lot of stuff on our main feed, we have got dozens of uh, similar reviews of movies that are really not really franchise-based or are in franchises we're probably not going to cover extensively on the main feed. We've got dozens of commentaries. Like we mentioned, we just the a fucking commentary with Darcy from Joe Bob. So that's an incredible get. Check that one out for Halloween 3. we got a lot on there. Anything else you want to plug really quick? Mike Rothman.
2: Uh, well, uh, we've also got, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the Patreon is just a mind's worth of just, uh, incredible content. So if you're not on there, go for it. And then, I mean, hell, we got many more adventures to come. So, um, mm, which round style. Yeah. Mike which, Vanderbilt.
4: I want to encourage everybody to listen to cheap tracks and Windy City double feature. And also, uh, when is this episode dropping? Halloween. Oh, then if you're listening to this, you can come see Night of the Living Dead at the newly renovated Lyric Theater in Blue Island. I'll be hosting it and tending bar. Or you can go to Rock Island Public House for the original 1978 classic Halloween at our drive-in. That's
0: what we call a win-win in the industry.
4: Well, I'm going to take everybody down after the Living Dead screening down to catch the second showing of Halloween at the drive-in. Ten years apart. Two classics, two all-time classics, right?
0: I was going to say Dawn of the Dead. Well, same year as Halloween. Well, in some countries, I guess. Uh, Matt Gerber, <laughs> anything to plug?
3: Uh, I just want to tell folks to forget everything they know. Now that you know what to expect with Halloween ends, watch it again, hmm. and uh, let it live, let it breathe, let it let it let it linger, and uh, I think you'll you'll like what you find.
0: Cranberry style, Dan Caffrey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh we're just uh i don't think have anything to uh, the losers club as always of course mm. yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot of you probably listen to both podcasts but uh yeah we're in dark tower mode until the end of the year so
0: rocking yeah. rolling through the odds for stephen king yeah, right man. now okay before we sign off mike rothman how many years before we get a new halloween movie five vanderbilt
4: two to three
0: you have to choose two to three two or three two and a half fine Mike, Mac. I'm going to say three. Caffrey, Four. Three and a half. How about that, Varenville? (laughs) (laughs) What does it mean it's (laughs) going to come out in the summer, (laughs) Justin? What, are you going to bring about out in July again? Hey, baby, we're going to go back to the... It works so so well for for resurrection. 1998 Hit the beach. All right, but you know how we like to sign off for these episodes. Lock your doors. Bolt your windows. And? And? Turn off. Turn, Turn out off the lights. The lights. Happy <laughs> Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Too. Happy Halloween.
5: Happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Well, I hate to see you like this, my love, it's all over soon. Yeah, I hate to see you like this, my love. This is the end of our show, for now. We hope you enjoyed this production.
0: If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more.